0: Kelly Clarkson, someone like her. I don't know. Like, no. Kelly,
1: oh, no, no, no. Why? No.
0: Why? <laughs> Why? Kelly me... has hits, and she
1: can sing. Yeah, but I don't think she has the status that we're trying to describe people Sorry. who perform in the super Bowl should have. <laughs> <laughs> Next... <Great career>. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> let me.
2: <laughs> Lord. Anyway, let me. <laughs> look, let me not. a good career. No, she has. But let... <laughs> if Christina's not getting the call. Kelly's more <laughs> <chemical>. <laughs> oh, <sorry>. <laughs> Kelly will get the I'm sorry. Kelly You know what? Do you know Jesse what she has not like? Wait, wait. Shall I'm, I'm I- joking. I know what. I-
1: to say um, that this episode is quite traumatic. If you do have any, um, if you're maybe triggered by some of the themes of this episode, what we'll do is we'll put some information in the bio um, for you to check out some links and some ways to find support um, because it is quite a triggering topic. Hello guys and welcome to a new episode of Don't The Stands. You are here today with your hosts, Eads Mackenzie and... Nicholas Terrell. And Shope. And guys, it's season 5, episode 13. We're coming to the end of the season. I know it's been an amazing season and we've had some great guests, but we have one episode left. Nick and Shope, how are you guys? Um, I'm good.
2: Uh, I said this yesterday on Twitter, I think. I said that, like, I'm just exhausted with the UK. Like, this week is finally not to do with work, even though I have like stuff to do, but like still um, to, this week I come to the podcast exhausted for a different reason. Um, Yeah, like I don't even wanna make this funny or whatever cause like some of the topics that have happened this week on this island have been quite serious um, and have just like kind of proven that, you know, men men, men are just saying shit. Like I think that's been the theme of this season, but um, yeah. The, the, the whole week like just exhaustion like including one of Shopee's clients and all, all sorts like just people need to stay in their house people need to stay in the house people need to stay in the house and like stop wanting to go to Dubai but yeah because I think there's something in the water in those Dubai shores that have just caused the madness on this island but yeah um no no, no I'm fine honestly 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 I'm good but yeah people just embarrassed in england and the united kingdom at large so yeah it's fine but as shoppe said we won't discuss every um incident maybe just the most serious of this week i want to say but um yes i'm good how is Shopee? i saw you caught a new byline and that like how is that um i know it's the anniversary today as well so that's exciting so yeah How are you and how's your week and how was writing that and crafting that piece and stuff? Talk to us a little bit about that.
1: Congratulations. And we're calling you Player Shoppe for today. Why Player Shoppe? Because your new accomplishment.
0: Oh, okay. Um, Well, yeah, no. um, (laughs) So, yes, I, you know, I was very, very blessed and very excited to um, finally um, have my first piece on Eric Badu. Sorry, my first piece on OK Player. And I was saying to myself and also one of my friends just now this morning that I actually I think it's perfectly on brand for for my first ever piece on there to be about Erica Badu and the 20th anniversary of Mama's Gun, which turns 20 today and is um, my favourite album of hers. And to write like a nice in-depth piece about why I feel it's her best work and also the impact her previous album had on the creative process and how... The following tour and the reception it got commercial and critically how it kind of just uh, changed the path of her career for later years and so on and so forth and um oh uh, yeah it was just quite it was just quite thrilled when I actually like saw it there on the website because like obviously you know as you know you write and edit revise everything shout out to Elijah you know he did an amazing job editing it was really cool working with him on that and like he really just took the best of my points and helped make them in a succinct and concise fashion but still like making sure that all my core ideas and core thoughts were in there and um and i'm just very like very happy with the responses received thus far like people are seem to really enjoying it and also like some people who i admire have actually engaged with the piece so i it blew my mind to see that maxwell likes the tweet what (laughs) john legend
1: no you didn't tell me that yeah you did not tell me that
0: I was waiting wow. for the podcast, guys. What? <laughs> so yeah, no, I just was just going through my like. I see Maxwell and John Legend, the and... Maxwell. I know. What? <laughs> and and then Mark cry. Lamont Hill quote tweeted the article. And then what what really gassed me is James poyser who produced like half the songs in the album. He retweeted the album, the the article. Sorry. And one of my favorite brains and minds in music, Nelson George, is a critic and writer. Like Nick knows, that's like an idol of mine. Um, so like, that's just been mad. And then, and then also just engaging people. Like I just love having the conversations with people. So to be, so being like just debating back and forth about different songs and d- different tracks and everything like that. So no. Um, and also I just it was you know it was hard. It was hard. You know. I the reason why I don't write this often like and I actually have a great respect for people like Nick who just turns them out weekly 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 while holding down a job because I, you know you guys know me like you know the research and the time that I put in I just you know I don't leave any stone unturned I have to make sure that I've grappled with every source out there to make sure that I have the full context for me to re- be able to write what I need to write and construct in an argument because what it ended up being isn't what it was planned to be which is now how it never is with me I think um when me and Elijah started talking about, I think it was just initially like oh it's better album because of x y and z but when I started like reading and researching it I really saw how much like the the success of her first album kind of like pigeonholed her to an extent and like how there was an expectation for her to kind of just reproduce her, that same album. And I was also just shocked to find that R. Kelly and Babyface were enlisted to work with her. I was like, with Erykah Vadu. So it just really just kind of showed that there was like a path that she was supposed to take and she chose not to. And she really valued her integrity as an artist. And then it's just like a very, very different album to her first album and like very experimental, very different sounds and everything like that. So um, yeah, and I just, like I said, I can't think of a better place you know okay player quest loves platform (laughs) to have my first piece on there and um yeah so i'm very happy you know and if you guys haven't read it please check out let me know your thoughts and check out the album you know like i said it's one of my favorite albums of all time so yeah check it out and um yeah aside from that i'm also very tired and very exhausted not because of what's going on in the world of uk negroes but just like just general life and capitalism um but I'm very happy that you know I'm gonna be off in a couple of weeks. So from like De- December 11th, I'll be off living my life, um whether whether my oppressors like it or not. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that is me. I'm just lo- I'm just really looking forward to just chilling out and finally finishing these books that I've, that I've started all along. Like I've started three books <laughs> in the last few months that I haven't finished. The you know, captive genders shout out to No Name. No name books, you know, of course, my dear Mariah, you know, still reading her but all biography and uh, that and um, there's something else. Oh, no. Yeah. Nikki Giovanni's collection of poetry. I've started that. I haven't finished that, but I'm loving it.
1: And uh, yeah, that is I. You you read poetry. I'm learning so many things about shopping in this conversation today. I didn't know you read poetry.
0: I'm an English student. So, uh, so I- am I.
1: But I just didn't know. You, I don't read poetry. I, oh. I didn't know you read, you read poetry. That's really interesting.
0: Well, um, no, no. Well, to be fair, it's something. To be, it was actually poetry was like my first introduction to literature outside of school. Like, that that, that was like my first. So, like, Saul Williams, Maya Angelou, Jessica Caremore, uh, and Marie Baraka. Those were like the first books I was reading outside of what I was told to read. And then I kind of just eventually just went into just general novels and fiction and essay collections. But then recently, was like, no, like, there's something here about poetry that i like but i think it just has to be the right writer and the right kind of person so nikki Giovanni, like she's one of the the greats of the black arts movement and then also when i interviewed supplement with feet earlier this year he uh recommended me someone who is in my here somewhere what's his name yes jericho brown so when i interviewed supplement with feet he recommended him because we had a great discussion about other than the music we had like a great chat about books and Bjork and I love for branding and other things like that. So yeah, no, so I was like, mm, let me try and get a bit more to that. And then also after w- watching Small Acts this week, which actually we'll get to later, I wanna definitely learn more about the dub poets, or like Lindsay Cressy Johnson and the like. But anyway, I'm talking too much. And now you guys know, I just usually say I'm fine. So it's time to be
1: No, I'm very, very happy for you. and very proud of you, Shopee. Um... Like this achievement is great. Sorry. Player Chope. Sorry. Correct. Me. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm very, very proud of you. Very, very proud of you. And also I want to give a shout out to Elijah as well, because um, that's two opportunities that he's given to Nick and shop so far. And from our episode, boom, check out that episode um, from was, two
0: years ago. That's yeah, crazy. two
1: years. Yeah. Recorded. Yeah. November 20th. Wow. Wow. Jesus. Look at it's that. Twenty first of November today. Uh, <laughs> that's nuts. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just a very special thank you to him for um following through. Like we when we had the conversation with him outside of the podcast and he was just talking about journalism and everything and um just trying to figure out cool places to go in the UK and what to do and stuff like That so Shoppe, congratulations, man. I'm very, very proud of you and everything that you're doing. Um I know the journey behind the scenes, it's been a journey. And this is just another achievement. And I'm glad it's in your bio now on Twitter. Um, so, uh, with me, I'm good, guys. I'm good. Like, I've had a really, really good week. I am tired for the same reasons of Shopee. I don't really pay attention to the news or what's going on in America or any of those things anymore. Um, I've just been on a journey of like, self rediscovery and um, just trying to make sure that I, as a man, am doing the work that I need to do to make sure I'm accountable because we're not perfect as individuals. Um, and if you want a book recommendation it's not a music it's not a book podcast sorry but there's a book called how to be an adult can't remember the name of the writer off the top of my head but what i'll do is i'll put it in the comments for this podcast or i'll send it to Shopee, so it could be in the comments um and yeah it's just look seeing all of these conversations about accountability in men in the media when it comes to um black men and some of the comments that they make about black women um in their music or kind of like in their general life i want to start the healing process i think it's important that we just sit back and be like all right it's time that men stop doing certain things and that we try to have conversations we're not comfortable having and all of these types of things um so i want to set the example if i can um no pressure on that whatsoever um but i've had a good week so far i'm in a good place therapy was good well tr- triggering but good um so yeah what we'll do is we'll go straight into the episode Shopee, do your thing man
0: so we're gonna get into the listens now so i'm gonna start off i already mentioned it briefly but so early this week i watched the phenomenal awe-inspiring incredible first episode of small acts on bbc iflayer on monday i need to ah it's incredible amazing amazing and the first episode was centered around the Mangrove Nine and yeah, just uh, just such great performances, great writing, great direction, cinematography, and also just great education because I was saying to one of my friends that it's actually disgraceful that how much Black British history is, is erased in our curriculum, like right? And, you know, I'm a Black British man. I'm not obviously West Indian or Caribbean, but I did not even know what the Mangrove Nine was until I was working on Carnival this year. So that was August. I did not, did not even know what that was. I knew what, I knew Mangrove Band, but I didn't know the connection between. And, so, and I was like, wow. And I'm someone that, you know, I'm really keen about learning my history in, in terms of Black British, African-American, and West Indian. And I didn't know that. So I was very glad to see that this was supposed to be around that. But anywho, so in the beginning of the uh, the show... One of my favorite Bob Marley songs was playing "Try Me," and after that, I just really, I just kind of, I revisited the album, which actually is called "Small Acts," mm. <laughs> funnily enough. And that's one of my favorite Bob Marley albums. And there's so many songs on there that I love, like "Soul Almighty," the title song itself. And I just like, I, I think I mentioned it last week that Luther Vandross was someone that I he was like synonymous in my household, but so was Bob Marley. Bob Marley was also someone that was just consistently played in my house songs like 400 years soul rebel and yeah and i just need. I, I said it to a few people i've said it to um these two and our friend alex like whenever when like, you take me to a reggae brunch lovers rock brunch something like cause that's that is my vibe no shade to the dancehall bashment, but you know i'm an uncle give me the old school <laughs> reggae give me the lovers rock that is what i need and so i was listening to a lot of that album this week so start off with that and um Secondly, we are gonna get into uh, Groove Theory. So I've mentioned it a few times that I'm an ML Leroux stand That is one of my favourite women. I love her to death. One of the most the truly a truly def a true definition of underrated that woman. But um as people should know, she was um in a group called Groove Theory, best known for their song Tell Me. Um, and, but and I'd never actually heard of the album um that they made. So it was her and Bryce Wilson, incredible producer they released only one album in 995, and um i don't know what so so when i was writing the article the erica article i spoke about how Amel larue kind of was a uh, um how erica paved the way for her solo career and although i was just going back through her music i was like you know i've actually listened to her groove theory album aside from the single and i played that a lot the the last few weeks actually and um it's a really 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 damn good album and it just really just highlights that she just has a really unique approach to to writing and a unique approach to singing and phrasing and um yeah it's just a great 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 production very cohesive album. And I really want to just shout out the songs Hey You and 10 Minute High. So if you're looking for a great mid-90s R&B album, that kind of is kind of like in some ways a precursor to what eventually happened with um, New York Soul. And also alternative R&B in some cases as well. Um, uh, um, that's another discussion that needs to happen. Maybe I need to write that one day. Amel LaRue also has had like a lot of low-key impact on what we see today. You know, Jhene Aiko has spoken about it, Solange spoken about it. So we need to give more respect to Ameluru. But um yeah, Groove Theory, their first album was well, their first and only album. Um amazing. And then um thirdly, Wait, can, I
1: just, going to can Lind- I just interrupt you just Go quickly? On. We're having a full circle moment right now because on the episode with Elijah, do you remember what my first listen was? Amel no. LaRue. I'm I am i <laughs> I'm seriously just bugging out right now because we literally are having a full circle moment and it's really, really weird um but sorry continue i just wanted to note that because something's going on so boom part two The ancestors are doing something so
0: that's amazing so thirdly um i'm gonna go to a uk singer called linda dawn so she is a uk soul r&b singer who is to me one of the most uh in in terms of the new scene innovative and it's ironic because she's not necessarily doing anything new but she's doing something that others aren't doing so whereas most artists today they just love to rehash the 90s and early 2000s her sound is a truly a true echo and tribute to the the post disco and uh the post disco r&b sounds of the late 80s but the eighties that wasn't crossing over so it wasn't on the fringes so like she really is like a a 2020 version of, like, your Evelyn Champagne King and your Tina Marie and your Patrice Russian and Tuma Miss Cheryl Lynn, like, but it's 2020. But it sounds so, like, I play her EP called At First Light, it sounds like 1982. <laughs> it sounds like 1979. It's incredible. and But it's still, like, fresh at the same time. It just kind of shows that how that period in R&B music, which isn't discussed as often compared to, like, the 90s and the 2000s or even the 70s, it's um really lived and timeless. And I just love that about her. Like I said, that, you know, in an era where all we know, all we seem to know is r and B. I I think it's Nick all the time. R&B existed before the 90s. Please, we need to, we need to, like, it existed before the 90s. <laughs> it was here for decades. So to see her really just kind of hone in and make that her thing, I think that's very interesting and very unique. No one else is doing that right now. So check out her EP called At First Light it came out last year and i believe she's working on new music but she's just um amazing and i was supposed to see her this year she was going to be at love uh cross the tracks festival i was going to go there through my friends but miss Rona, the Europa demon um didn't make that happen and lastly i'll keep this quick just whisk made in lagos i've just been playing this album all week i, I just have nothing else to say really like i just it's a great it's a damn good album and i didn't i didn't watch his youtube stream thing that he did i think that's what he did i think that's why he was trending for a couple days but i just love this album it's just so feel good it's just such an easy listen like i don't have to think about it i can just put it on and vibe no matter what i'm doing so i i just want to shout out once again true love essence with Thames. Thames is a superstar. I'm going to say that
1: again. It, she, is. she is. I'm going to shout really out
0: is. Long Time with Skepta. I'm going to shout out Blessed with Damien Marley. It's just a damn good album. And I've been seeing some narratives that apparently Nigerian Twitter doesn't like it for whatever reason. I think it's a great album, personally. I think it's a great album. And the more I play it, I'm like, you know what? This might be. It's It might be in that top 10 for 2020. Like, I know it just came out, but wow. I've really been playing this a lot. And I can't say that for a lot of albums in the list year that I've because uh, it came out what, a month ago now and i'm still i'm still playing it whereas other albums i usually play for like a week or two not because they're bad but just because this is too much i move on quickly but i've like yesterday i was like i played like i played sweet one like, at least no like no less than five times yesterday <laughs> it's just a, it's a great mm. album guys mm. so those are my listens for the week WizKid, Bob Marley, Groove Theory, Linda Dawn. And on a side note, please watch Small Acts if you haven't already.
2: Episode two will be this Sunday. Um, just before, just so, just because Shopee is um shouting out WizKid and stuff, and I know he referenced the trending and stuff, I just wanted to quickly shout out um someone who we had on the podcast like a week or two ago, Shanice. Um, so she actually activated a whole experience with the YouTube music around him. Um, I think it was this week or last week, and I just wanted to shout her out for that because that was a big project she was working on and i know that she worked really hard on it and it went down really well like in terms of how it looked aesthetically and just in terms of the responses online that i saw for it so shout out to people in the building black people who are trying to change narratives and represent all genres that are popping off over here and like what the moment is really saying so shout out to youtube and shout out to shanice for that activation before we move on
1: cool yeah shout out to shanice shout out to shanice yeah um nick do you want to go next then
2: oh uh, no i was actually going to say like you can go but it was just, just like <laughs> just like to make things fit in like the narrative order i just wanted to say as shop mentioned whiskey just wanted to quickly shout oh, okay out. but
1: yeah go okay, go cool. and then i'll go last yeah sure um and on the topic of going back to albums after a while i haven't really done that this year i found like i've kind of just moved through the motions and um listened to a lot of music and then kind of forgotten about it eventually going back to like one single or one song but a whole album I don't think I've done that this year. And that's an interesting conversation. I was having it with my mom, actually. Um, and I was trying to... I asked her, I was like, Mom, how do you... Where do you keep your music? Because she doesn't use Spotify. She doesn't use YouTube or anything. So I'm like, how do you... I don't understand how you interact with music. Because for me, I've got a list of songs on my Spotify. And I've got um, albums and all these types of things. And then she said it's all in her head. And I was just like... All, like I, for me, that doesn't make any sense. I think like our preferences and our music and everything that we like is actually on our phones and just, we leave it there and expect to just find things that we enjoy. So um, I just find it. Or in my case when... growing up, yeah.
0: I, you know, I have a massive CD collection.
1: Yeah. And <laughs> and yeah. A
0: growing vinyl collection now
1: yeah and I think that's important like I understand the vinyl whole um, resurgence the idea that you want to keep the art and remind yourself of a really good project as well because mm-hmm. it is mainly display art more so than actually listen to the music it's like a moment you want to keep with you um or like at least remember which I think is really really cool um so I'm going to talk about my listens this week and first and foremost we're going to go to Kehlani so I went back to it was good until it wasn't um and I know there's a bit of kind of a a confusion about this album a lot of people didn't like it some people loved it some people said it was all one level which is in my opinion a fair criticism um but i went back to it because i remember actually liking it i remember just sitting there vibing to it not expecting too much from it and um yeah i'm of the same opinion i've been really enjoying just listening to this and not expecting it to kind of change and just moving with the flow of the album um i know i've reviewed it before so i'll try and not repeat the same points but with this album it just feels like keilani just wanted the freedom to be creative in her own way and um, without the expectation of having that pop hit or um showing the influences from say tlc or brandy who she's admitted she's influenced by heavily Um, And it was just like a really easy listen. And I feel like amongst the noise and everything that's going on, it's something that I really, I I really needed. Um, The song that I still love is Grieving with James Blake. I love that song. And I love the way the instrumental is used um, and how I feel like the lyrics were wrote in kind of coalition with the instrument in instrumental. Sorry. so, if you haven't had a chance to listen to this album, I would say give it a go. Um, don't expect too much. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. Not that Keilani can't produce a good album. um, But just go into it without any expectations and just try to vibe with it. I find it very easy to. um, And it's all kind of mellow, one level. So, go take a listen to It It Was Good Until It Wasn't by Kehlani. Um, Next, I'm going to... I want to quickly to... add on to that. Go on. Because I actually...
0: A few weeks ago, we revisited it myself. Like I played a few songs from the album, and I think I said it at the time that it's not a bad album by any means, but it was just a bit in the in the massive rush of everything that comes out every week, it kind of got lost quickly. It was easy to forget about, and also like you said, it's very kind of the same mood, the same tone. But once again, looking individually, there were uh, there were some really great songs in there. Like I love Serial Lover. Ah, oh, that song is ah, oh, nah. That I love that song. Hate this club with Masego. Can I even though someone we like don't like is on that track? I do love that song, but there were just yeah, but there were just some some forgettable moments. And someone made a good point, and I do agree that Kalani kind of had her own sound before, but they felt like this album was her trying to fit in with the Vibey Girls, her trying to get in the Summer Walker vibe or the the Jenny Ico Lane or the which I kinda of can agree with, because it wasn't really the sound once again obviously all us are allowed to grow and evolve. But looking at uh While We Wait, Sweet Six Savage and her mix of before, there was clearly like a lane she had and a sound that she was building. This is kind of was like it kinda of felt like she was just following the crowd, if I'm being honest. But yeah, there are some great songs on there.
1: Yeah. No, I definitely agree. I definitely agree with what you're saying. Um okay, I'm gonna move on now to, let's see, Xavier Omar. So it's only two songs from the album that he released, Moments Spent Loving You. Um, So Deep End and Just Get Here. Deep End, I love for the lyrics. Um, I love how creative the wordplay is. And I just love how simple it is. I'm in a mood for very simple music. Um, Like like Kehlani, sorry. Um, I like songs that don't take up the room that I'm in. So I like ambient music, music that will just sit in the corner with you. And this this album and at least the two songs that I'm talking about, they're songs that are just with you in the moment. Um and Keilani, um like I described before, she, like Chope described before as well actually, she was going for the more vibey type of feel where she wanted to kind of almost whisper sing to you. I know that has a different connotation, but she's not doing theatrics. She's just literally mm, singing mm, the song. Mm. Um and it's, same with, it's the same with um, Xavier Omar. Like these are very vibey, ambient type of songs um, where you can tell that there's an influence from, say, um, I feel like there's an influence from, from Luther in, in the very first song that I listened to um, just in the way that the album is put together, but how um, Deep End is actually, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like the sequencing of it. I can tell that it's been thought about a lot. I can tell that it's been influenced by a lot of R&B kind of 90s artists as well. And I've just been really appreciating him as an artist lately. Um, I know before I spoke about him and said that I didn't really understand the hype. I didn't understand why people liked him. Um, But I'm giving it a go and I'm enjoying it and I'm really enjoying it. I'll recommend it to you guys as well. So take a listen to Deep End. Um, and Just Get Here are the two songs that I would say listen to from Moments Spent Loving You. I'm sure there are other songs, but I haven't given it the time of, like, a full listen and full appreciation yet, and I hope to as soon as I can. But, yeah, so that is um, Xavier Omar, um, Moments Spent Loving You. And I think that's it for me. Yeah, that's it for me this week. Nick? Cool. So the first project actually is funny you
2: mentioned Kalani's... It was good until it wasn't um just because i feel like there's a connection with the first artist i'm going to talk about which is savannah ray she is scarborough um raised which is toronto ontario um and yeah she's assigned to warner music so this was called opium and it was released yesterday literally well fried last friday for you guys who are listening in but yesterday because we're recording on saturday but um I found that this project was just something that I fell in love with, like a project that I instantly fell in love with. The last album that I fell in love with was probably um, uh, K Camp, K Camp's Kiss 5, which dropped earlier this year. But besides that, like, there hasn't been a project that I felt this kind of way about. So Savannah Ray dropped this yesterday, as I said, or last Friday, and she was executive produced here by Yogi the Producer and Boy Wonder. And I've always kind of said that I feel like exec producing is slept on in in the modern day. And like that will just elevate some people's sound. I think that for example, like Megan Thee Stallion would need that for like her debut album and stuff. So listening to this project, I was just so happy that like it sounded so together and so sequenced and so just it was a journey you know you felt like you were on a journey with the artists with the producers with the songwriters and it was a beautiful collection of songs so i when i first heard savannah ray's where you are um which was one of the first songs that introduced me to her she sounded very similar to kalani i don't know for whether it was the productions or song lyrics but whenever i find that similarity between artists like um that I feel like they sound like one another because th- they got that Kalani touch with Savannah. I go into like nerd mode and go into the production credits and all that kind of stuff to figure it out. And I realized that Boy Wonder and Yogi were instrumental in um, Kalani's last project. It was good until it wasn't. So for example, on Serial Lover, they both appeared in the production credits. And then on Grieving, um, they both appeared on the production credits together as well. It seems as though the pair Um, produce a lot together which is interesting in a good way and i kind of like that so I think it was in the production where I found the synergy between Kalani and Savannah Ray. They were probably perhaps recording around the same time, um, Pope before coronavirus hit and stuff. And it's just ironic that this kind of um, project came out this year, both projects. So yeah, like that was the synergy, but Savannah Ray is completely her own artist. Like I just love how um poetic her lyricism is, um, particularly on the intro, like highly favored. It, it kind of remind me in, in some places of like uh, spoken word in places, just how she approached the record. Um, Homies is a really great song as well, Love Me Back. I just think in R&B when someone's really vulnerable and like forgets the um, ego and forgets all of the kind uh, kind of gender roles and roles at large and stuff, I think that's really interesting. And I think she was super vulnerable here, which kind of made me fall in love with this project. I've seen people tweet that they were crying to this project and I can definitely see how deep this this record could be for some people especially during a pandemic where we are trauma bonding and stuff like that like i completely can see why people would get in their bag to this um this is like nine songs long um 25 to 30 minutes i believe if i'm remembering when i looked at the track listing earlier and i just think this girl has a super super strong future and i think again like we've spoken about this before on the podcast um i've spoken about dylan sinclair in in previous weeks as well i just think when toronto r&b gets good it's fucking great like there's no um there's no barrier to entry when you get an artist from toronto and they're really good you know so i think they have a stronghold on r&b and they'll probably continue to really make their mark in the genre over the next decade with some of the amazing talent that they've got coming from the region. Um, so yeah, I really want Savannah Rae to get the push um, that she deserves from the region because I know that um, Toronto faces its own institutional issues, which block the likes of r from getting its true sunlight. So I hope she crosses over to the States and um, becomes successful over here after COVID and stuff and can tour because I'll be front and center when she tours. Because she's she's an artist that super, super, super excites me Super excites me Like she's incredible um I can't, I can't get enough of, I can't get enough of her Like this project will be on repeat You know when you just find like winter projects And you just, you're like R&B syncs with winter and all of that So it's just like this will definitely be something I will play in the next couple of months Because um I can't put it down Like I can't put this record down Like after this podcast I'll probably go play it again um someone else I'm really excited about uh slightly in the electronic bag is shy girl she released her EP um alias last night as well yesterday um it's Friday for people listening in but um, this is definitely something that I've been waiting for as well. Shy Girl is someone who excites me. I just love how she's shaking up the narrative. She's also on the front cover of Dazed. If you want to like collect that and read that about her, get, get to know her a little bit more. Or you can wait for it to go online. But um, yeah, she's an electronic girl. She's been around for the last few years. Um, her visuals are great. I think her music and how she approaches music is just dope. I think her colloquialisms just really represent a side of London, like the the cool creative scene almost, um, but like with a little bit more authenticity, like it's not a facade, it just seems like she's definitely just a chick who's about it and like, you can tell that she's just a city girl, like in terms of like, not city girl, in terms of like city girls in Miami and stuff, but just girl from London knows the street smarts all of that and she she definitely fits it in with songs like leng um and she she just owns the fact that she is not the conventional like skinny girl like just the molds the pop girl that you know girl like just that molds that the industry likes to throw at you Every two seconds I think she just owns How she looks And she knows that she's Almost like how Lizzo knows That she's attractive Do you know what I mean? Like she knows That she's attractive She knows that she Is the shit And she doesn't care What people say about her If that makes sense So in a similar way should I get that from Shy Girl Like she just knows that there's a market for her, you know what I mean? There's a market and she's, she's her own market. She's her own orbit. And I just love that confidence throughout this EP. Um, I love the production on it as well. Like as you probably know about me, part of my bags, like something I love is electronic as well. And I think she's completely different to like a Gallimantius, which I mentioned a couple of weeks ago um, in the way that she delivers electronic is very fast paced. It's very, it's very much like um, if, Azalea Banks was a complete electronica girl that would be like the same kind of pocket a shy girl would fit into if that makes sense Um, But I think on songs like Body, Leng is probably my favourite which I said before Freak which was the, the lead single I believe earlier this year, it has a visual too which is dope um, I just did seven tracks, 19 minutes, like no misses, like no misses across the seven songs. And that's what I'm starting to appreciate. Like the shorter projects that just give me fire, like for however long it is, and then just leave me to chill. Like some of the longer projects released this year have been very hard to get through. Um, Bust, Bust the Rhymes is a huge exception there. Um, but yeah, some of the other projects have been um, interesting to say the least um lastly i'll briefly 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 talk about this um yeah like just because it it kind of just didn't deliver um this was good news by megan the Salient. um i played this yesterday and it just yeah it just disappointed me in a way just in terms of listening back to it um i just don't think it was cohesive i think it was super long um, I think it could have been exec produced if it wasn't or just better exec produced. And yeah, I just didn't, there were some songs on there, like the one with big Sean and two chains go crazy. Um, intercourse of popcorn. Um, yeah, like I just didn't appreciate it that much as I thought, it, I thought I would, but this rollout was rushed completely anyway, but we will see what Megan um delivers next time round because I think that with this campaign it just wasn't perfect it wasn't perfect I mean I've still got some more listens to do um and everything but I think she hasn't had the time to artistically grow just with everything that she's been through so this project kind of disappointed me on the first few listens that I've had but again I may be talking too soon but yeah I just don't think it was there yeah I just don't think it was all the way there but again I think we give Megan a really hard time because she's been through so much like three major incidents that she had to deal with publicly and a terrible team back of house who have not done the best by her in my opinion um I just don't think they've let her stop if that makes sense and that has been to the detriment of her artistic growth um so yeah, it's it's an unfortunate situation. I think she still has it in her to be great. It's not over for her at all. This will sell okay. This will be fine. Um, but I just think it was a lazy rollout. Like looking at her body video, um, it was directed by the same person, Colin Tilly, who did Cardi B's Wap, and you can tell. Uh the cameos, all of that, it was a copy paste. And I think that whole um I'm the center of the media. Let me lean into it, it's played out. I think too many people have done that. Um, I think Kylie did Invasion of Privacy. I'm not trying to compare the rap girls at all, but I'm just saying that I think that it was a lazy rollout and it was something scrapped together. And you can tell, you can tell it was scrapped together. You can tell there was no thought behind it. You can tell that this was rushed out to coincide with Megan's incredible press run this year that she's had. She's been on pretty much every publication. Um, In some way, shape or form
0: And that even was part of the issue Um, for me
2: I think personally This should have come out In May, June Next year, she should have Been silent for me, there should have been A silence across the board Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. People wondering Where she was, what she's doing All of that Um, An executive producer that could Hone in her southern Houston Sound um, And really make it something great with some Some punchy ass hooks. Um, and I'm not saying bubblegum pop, catchy. I'm just saying some, just some nailed-down hooks, you know. Um, that could have done the job for me. I just think she was not treated with care that that she was that she needed to be. She's not being viewed as a superstar, even though she's naturally getting the gigs and the looks and stuff. She's not being treated as a superstar, you can tell. Um, and I just think that this the pace of her trajectory has impacted what's gone on and all the events surrounding that as well i just think that it's really unfair to we can talk about criticism which is what we're about um but i just think she's had a really unfair ride and too too much is going on at this moment in time um this should have been track listed correctly um it wasn't you can tell no one had really an eye in there. And if they did, they don't know music like that. I'm sorry. um, But man, I'm just really disappointed. Like this is super disappointing to me as someone who is a genuine Megan fan, as the person and the artist. And man, it's not piss poor. I'm not going to say that because there's been some terrible albums that I've listened to. um, But this isn't Megan the Stallion. This isn't this isn't Megan the Stallion at all. This is this isn't the Megan that I know personally.
0: See, this is the thing. That's the problem with the album for me. It's exactly what we've heard a thousand times. That's the problem I had. Like listening to this album. And obviously, rollout aside, that was obviously part of the issue, but this album, this moment, didn't feel like the culmination of an artist coming into her own really Stepping out on the scene, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah,
0: she's had such an amazing two years and then. Just for this album to literally be no different from Fever and Sugar, and there were literally like several songs like this
2: isn't good. The overuse, it's... the overuse of sample just said it all yes. to me because that yes. that showed me that. No, let me let me be on it. Let me be real because some artists use a lot of samples and it's still a great album. But the overuse of blatant samples and like the the, the not what you do with a sample as well is is important. And the thing is, exactly. there was nothing done with the samples like most of them. And the, the... thing is, with thank with Megan I think that That was a telltale sign That artistic growth hasn't happened The fact that you had to overly rely on Nostalgia Essentially like and Man like this this, she just hasn't Had the time to grow as an artist she hasn't She hasn't at all she hasn't
0: And and the thing is So two things stuck out to me She said in an interview last year That oh I'm taking my time with my album Because you only have one chance to make it off debut album i'm like and this is the album we thought was worth this wasn't
2: the album we were getting though i know that i know that because <laughs> if you think about the 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 drama that we spoke about before actually on this podcast with sugar um and then what happened after that it went quiet on the legal front and stuff this wasn't this she she didn't have that time that she said the, t- the taking the time that she said that she was gonna have because of all the events that have happened. Think just think about that year after she said that. Think about well, everything of course, that's happened. She hasn't had the, she hasn't had that time that she thought that she would get because of all the bi- I don't she think probably didn't that, know though. the business. I personally do, because like the thing is, she hasn't had time to sit back. She hasn't had time. Think about it. We've no, gone through a pandemic, is, the business shit out, hasn't been aligned. She got shot twice. No, Nick. And she lent into that on the album on mm-hmm. like eight different songs. Like mm-hmm. that is not the album that she thought mm-hmm. she would be recording a and year ago. And I get ago.
0: that. And that's all fair. However, my logic is, as with most artists who release multiple mixtapes and EPs and stuff like that, I assume she's just recording, recording, recording and saving songs as she goes along. Like, no, this is for the album. This is for the mixtape. This is for the for the EP. So... I, that was my assumption That she was just recording in bulk But picking and choosing which was going to be on which project So the fact that some of these songs Were clearly saved For the album And that's what we thought was worth it And then secondly It's become more and more apparent to me And I've seen this said a few times That she can rap But she's not mastered how to make a good song Because with Megan to me She's obviously a very talented great Rapper, great MC But now listening to three projects in a row So Fever, Sugar, this. She just, she really likes the nows to make a good song, you know? And she does have standouts on each of them. Like, Tina Snow to me is my favorite project. There were some great songs on Tina Snow. Some great songs on Fever. I didn't really care for Sugar at all, to be honest. And there were a few songs in here that I even liked. But I just, it just, yeah, she just really, really needs to hone in on being an artist now. Because that's what, as much as she's, you know, arguably the biggest woman in rap right now, that's something I feel like kind of holds it back in comparison to her contemporaries. Because, like, the others can make great songs, you know? And I just, yeah, this album just is just, in a way, it was just a waste, a waste of an opportunity. And also, back to the whole press thing, even that had, I had issues with. I didn't understand why. And this is my issue with Nomani too, but we're not going to get into when p- You're just doing a bunch of press, you are just wasting them. Like, why? Because like, like, why? we were talking about how there's a lack of rollout for this album actually did GQ for this album but you had like three other great like a time magazine earlier in the year like but for what what was the point of that like PR learned to save things for the things that matter she just did a bunch of issue, which I didn't think was necessary that could have been saved for now if, even if the album was crap which it is at least the rollout would have been better the moment would have been you know more succinct and would have made more sense and at least would have been a bigger cultural moment
2: even the way it was announced was just very haphazard to me the whole thing is just a mess to be honest and she should not have dropped this year like 100 percent. she should have like there should since that tory thing she should have taken time off like genuine not even writing nothing like that should have started writing at the top of next year and finish the album in in whatever circumstances that was oh yeah i thought the been. album was coming next that's what year. i yeah i did, I did not think, think... why you she should not she's not a fourth quarter artist she's not she's not
0: it's not about fourth quarter just the way her year's been it just didn't lead to me thinking that oh yes we're finally gonna get the album this year that's yeah. not what i had in mind i was like okay she's had savage she's had uh what she's had sugar she's had uh you know, some great moments this year. But I'm like, you know what? Then we're going to come in hard, strategize, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. 2021, it's guns blazing. This is going to be the first year day with Megan yeah. Stallion.
1: Can I, be, then- can I be honest? I actually didn't know. Well, I know. I knew yesterday, but I didn't actually know she dropped the album yesterday. Well, but I, I didn't know that she dropped the album yesterday. I thought it was a single. I thought it was a single that she dropped yesterday. Like, when I saw the Body video, I was like, oh, she dropped a new single. And then I saw people talking about an album. And I was just like, oh, she dropped an album. Yeah. Her debut album has dropped. Yeah. yeah, I still have to listen to it though, so I I don't have an opinion. But Nick, I kind of want to hear you talk about this because I feel like you there's an emotional aspect to this as well for you. Like I feel like there's something that's annoying you about this whole process
2: no 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 it's just the fact that i think she should not have dropped this year like she shouldn't like think she's gone through her grandmother dying her mother dying Tory lane shooting her twice like that you can't grow as an artist during these things this is why i'm saying like shopper i get it i get you a hundred percent but like she, and she's had the contract shit like I just think it's. I mean, which bit of
0: my point do you get which point the
2: point where you're saying artistic growth and all of that like all of that kind of those notes on terms of she should have grown as an artist all of that but my thing is she has not had the fair circumstances to grow like she just hasn't like you can't I can't I can't expect Megan to have grown in November of 2020 considering everything that she's gone through there has not been there has not been a time to pull back and go silent and and the contractual shit and the fact that the media and all of this like the fact that she keeps on going either she's too stubborn like which that's probably part of it as well um or her team are shit or there's a combination of both just a combination it's a combination of, of both in my opinion because she's quarantining in the club <laughs> and doing all of this as well so it's just like you know like every artist and all this and it's just like it's pathetic but. That aside, um, my emotional response is the fact that I just think that she needs to, I don't want to see Megan for six months. Like that that was my thing. I was like, cool, the press stuff's fine, like whatever, like obviously some missed opportunities that you could have used for the album, but cool, small press here and there, but like, just stop, like just stop. Can we pause everything
1: and This is just a question to explore this. This isn't what I'm thinking, but it's just to kind of understand what you guys are saying. Are you saying that in moments of trauma, that artists shouldn't release projects?
2: No, what I'm saying is, like, obviously, there are many, especially in, like, hip-hop, rock, etc. There are many artists who release in moments of trauma. But can we just think about what's happened to Megan? This is, like, multiple things. Like, multiple, like, this is not just, well, not just. This is not, like my friend died and I have to release a project and it's like, okay, cool, like, da-da-da. Because we've seen that. This is not someone's family member died and they released projects. Do you know what I mean? This is like my mom, my gran. Then I got shot twice. Then I got called a liar and, like, like, debated against in the media and people telling rumours and shit. Then um, my label, well, before that, my label shit went to hell, like, and I had to go to court and release sugar because i thought that was the last project i was ever going to release because of this well for a long time because of the legal shenanigans but that didn't turn out to be true um she could still get around it and stuff and sorted things out behind the scenes i'm just saying that megan's circumstances are unprecedented this is not like we've seen before like we haven't seen something of this magnitude so soon after one another or in very niche circumstances we've seen something in this era where you're expected to be digi- digitally present around the clock. I can't think of anything. If you can, like a similar kind of amount of issues in the short space of time that has happened as someone's going on the rise and stuff, point me to it. But I can't think of anything this, of this magnitude in such a short space of time. I can't pass
1: the... No. Oh, I hear you. And I don't I don't think it would be fair to compare to other people's situations and kind of point out who's gone through what. And I understand what you're saying with regards to um, empathizing with the fact that she's gone through so many different things and so many different... Well, let's not call them things, but so many different traumatic events. Um, and now she's expected to perform an album at a certain point. That, um, yeah. My question kind of came from um, the idea that I've listened to artists who have gone through things, obviously... Like you said, not concurrently, not something one after the other. Um, They've been through things and they've used that to fuel the creative parts of their album. Um, But obviously, this is a situation that is very unique. It is very unique. So I'm intrigued. Um, Personally, um, from my stance, I've always liked Megan as an individual. And I've always liked um, her branding and all of those types of things. And she seems like a really nice person. Obviously, I don't know her. But I didn't like her music. I've never liked her music her music isn't for me personally um and that's just that's just how it is i just don't like her music so um I'm coming from this from an objective point of view because I don't think I will like this album from listening to the singles and stuff. But the fact that you think she can do better, Nick, is great. And the fact that Chope is kind of questioning the process of building the album and um, what happens when you have an album song versus just like singles and things you just want to release to hype up your brand and all of these types of things, I think is important because we also need to look at it like let's put them on the same kind of platform. Let's not kind of just look at people and just think, oh, they've gone through this, so they can't release an album now, or they've done this or they've done that. Like it's important. We look objectively at all areas. And I think we've done that. Um, so I'm going to listen to it and see what you're saying.
2: She definitely, she definitely shouldn't have dropped this year though. Like no one wanted this this year. No one wanted this. There was or, no hype like, for expected it. this this year. Like the singles didn't do well. Number one, like on a, on a comparative level, um number two except for obviously savage like we're we're excluding that but like um would you
1: you call her a superstar and also because Chope said superstar and i kind of just was like really
2: well megan's on top of this world right now she is that girl like there's no there's no debates at this point
1: someone called i think it was shopper someone called her a superstar
2: i didn't call her a superstar like like, i know i didn't call her a superstar like but she she's definitely on fire right now in terms of like she's, she's, she's there. Like everything's there, like in terms, well, the music's not, but like everything's there in terms of, in terms of like the, pr- every publication wants her, every media outlet wants her. She obviously got her number one, made an iconic moment in, in hip hop's legacy and canon and stuff. Um, and yeah, like she's, she she's, and obviously unfortunate, but the Tory Lanes thing as well.
1: Yeah. I think, I just want to make sure I'm clear in what I'm saying. And I'm not saying we shouldn't empathize with her. The best example I can think of, and I know it's not the same thing, but it's like when an artist passes, for example, and then people kind of don't criticize their work that comes out afterwards because they want to be like, well, this person's dead. We shouldn't give it full criticism. Like for example, Mac Miller or when Nipsey Hussle died and then they awarded him an award and then everyone was like, well, Do we think that he should have got this award or kind of questions around that so the fact that she's gone through these things and there are criticisms still in my opinion i think is a good thing is what i'm saying
2: there are but one thing i'm gonna say is i can't tweet some of this shit because i will get called f x y and z because i've been very quiet there have been dm conversations um but i haven't been able to like really digest my thoughts because people are like give it time you just have to do this you just have to do that and i'm like i've done it like I, 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 it's fine like for me it's fine you know i've critiqued big shawd in the similar fashion you know and yeah the overuse of sample for me just said it all no artistic growth for me
1: well let's hope she can well let's hope she starts to grow or continues to grow um, with her next project and um, changes her team
2: which
0: should not be coming out for a very yeah. long time
1: ep maybe in the next year or so no, no ep no no, even EP, that. no, no. EP. no not no. in the next year at,
0: at, the, no. at this point i don't want to hear anything no. from you until the the end of next year at the earliest no no, no no no
2: i don't even want to hear that no, no.
1: wait but do you think her career 2021 Can survive that yeah
2: yeah i'm yeah, yeah, not really anything for features 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 features, features.
1: Uh, okay two okay, features
2: okay, okay
0: and and obviously release more singles of this album like there are songs in here which have potential to do well so you know and it's the thing thought you said that a whole year that's what i used to do <laughs> it's like the fact that we're like oh another year
1: yeah but it's a different market
0: no but that's what i'm saying but that's the thing you sell your album even though i think it's crap sell it promote it that's what you should be doing mm. <laughs> that's what you're supposed to do sell this album you know release release more singles release more videos promote it perform go on tv shows award shows Promote your album. Promote your crappy ass album. That's what you're <laughs> supposed to do. All right, cool. Because album eras they can last a good two mm. years. People people forget that, but she can ride the wave of this album for a long time. And even and even even also the rollout hasn't been the best. She can turn it around. A good example to me in recent in history was Ariana's Dangerous Woman. In the beginning, it kind of was a bit of an underperformance. She kind of just turned it around. By the end of the end of it, it actually ended up being a really a strong success in the catalog. Megan can do the same.
1: Ariana was the person I was thinking of, by the way, when we were talking about someone who's gone through traumatic events back to back.
0: And and this is another thing. So this is why I don't agree with Nick's point about what she's gone through. Like I hear what she's, I hear all of that, but I don't think it has, not always, or in this case, it shouldn't have, an impact on the quality of the music. At the end of the day, you're an artist, so. You make music so to me my issue is just what is your logic going into the studio what is your creative process going to do like how can you record these songs and you think yes this is my debut album this is this is the best of my work right now yes that's that's what my logic then is then people yes, have critiques about
2: ariana's releases like the the recent ones i'm not like there's been both i've seen both sides like obviously i've seen i've seen oh, yeah. an amazing no, reception i've seen that i've seen that i'm not gonna we're not gonna say it was a bomb because critics say otherwise like let's be real but i've seen no, um, sure. as someone who doesn't play ariana like i've seen people say both things like this is shit this is the same as the last album i've, I've seen that legitimately no, yeah. seen that so and i said two sides. No,
0: yeah but the thing is i said i said that as well from this last album you know, i liked it but even then with her the album before that which was, which was one? literally right after all the thank you next which came out of all the tragedy the mac miller stuff the manchester tragedy and i said that's her best work she actually released to me her best work in the worst time of her life the only issue and the obvious positions i spoke about it it wasn't time for a new album even though i liked it it was too soon it was rushed and it was obvious but even even that it was still to me more, i could i can revisit it, i can play it again and i do think it's a bit of a grow up whereas with this it literally is just repetitive immature in some places and just kind of there's no diversity of sound at all whether you like it or not there's just no diversity of sound it's just literally even the way she approaches the song same attack it's just everything is just like i heard yeah. this on fever this could be on sugar that's my mm. thing okay so to me that's where the difference with ariana <laughs> and and megan is yes ariana please no more music please please go away please i love you but please go away but even on positions i was like and I said it when I reviewed it two weeks ago, even though I do feel like there were songs which really could have been on her last few projects, they even even amongst those, there was still like, ah, more of this, do more of that going forward one day, not next year, 2023. But whereas Megan, I just literally like, ah, okay, this again, that's what I felt, again. An album of this, again. And that's my thing. Like, she still, to me, has not given a solid project she has great songs yes she can rap but i can't play a whole project ep mixtape all the way through with her which i can with ariana and other and other women in rap contemporaries of hers i can't do that with megan
2: that's fair i liked... I was like
0: i was really looking forward to just a great album like come on you've had such an amazing game in spite of all the hardship mm. but you've gone from strength to strength give me a good ass album you know, solid songs, like let me at least like seventy percent then I just I was listening to notes like Sugar baby and Movie, and uh, I just, yeah, I just like no yeah
2: i personally liked fever i know you didn't but um yeah i personally liked that project there's obviously two or so or three misses for me but as a project i can listen to it back to back but i know exactly what you mean in terms of there's the growth and evolution like that's the original point that i made like there's a real moment for southern rap and i just want it to be harnessed correctly like with the right yes producers like chop and screw culture all of that like i would love to get the full breadth of southern sounds and like Megan to be like part of the voice of that like in terms of Houston and the particular niche culture that happens over there. So, yeah, I wanted to hone in on a DJ from the south and get them to help exec produce the next project as well. Um and especially thematically as well, just like some evolution there, but again, we'll see, we'll see what happens. But um yeah, I think let's close this conversation and let's move into the news yeah interesting week this has been um i'm gonna start with some positive news uh so this is one for toronto i know we spoke about it before like in terms of the music um listens of the week so let's return there with the super bowl 2021 which is happening um yeah it's happening february a couple months ago um and this year's headliner or next year should i say will be the weekend. So um, we've spoken about his project before, or I have I think in like previous weeks. Um, But yeah, he's been announced as the headline performer. Um, As yet, yeah, there's been no guests, but I feel like we can expect there to be guests because that's what's happened as of late and in the past as well. So um, yeah, he's had a great run with his, obviously Blinded Lights, the album, all sorts this year and this kind of just takes the cake um we all grow up watching the world's biggest acts play in the super bowl and one can only dream of being in this position he said in a supporting statement i'm humbled honored and ecstatic to be at the center of that infamous stage next year um he teased his performance um in a number of tweets prior to the event then yeah the weekend has introduced a sound all his own jay-z said um, on him he said his soulful uniqueness has defined a new generation of greatness in music and artistry um there might be a special before like special arrangements because of covid19 depending on how the year is um a 20 percent capacity is expected to happen in february um so it's not going to be the full kind of layout they would usually be with the fans and all that kind of stuff um but yeah that's it he joins a long list of super bowl headliners including prince jennifer lopez mj shakira etc etc um so what do you guys think
1: i think it's too early personally for the weekend to do this um i i think that the super bowl isn't really holding its place as Mm -hmm. the event Mm -hmm. where seasoned artists perform anymore um and it's getting a bit annoying because there are other artists I would have put there. Come on, before him, even his contemporaries. To be honest, who would you have put? Who would you have put? His contemporaries, like if I, even people that aren't ready yet, I would have. So
2: say, so name some people. No,
1: I'm, I'm asking. Um, so like, are you asking for his contemporaries of people that are?
2: I'm asking. I'm asking who you would put, like, so who, like, past who you would put, like, former pop stars or whatever, um, and who would you put? Who's his contemporaries?
1: No, here's what I'm saying. Basically. If, I, if it was someone who isn't ready to be in the Super Bowl, like him, who is in the same kind of bracket as he is, I would say someone yeah. like Ariana Grande, I would have preferred to be at the Super Bowl before the weekend. I would have preferred to watch... I would have preferred...
2: Really? Wow, that is not something I would like to see. I'm telling you that right now for free. Wait, but guys, wait, not but guys, well, guys to see me. <laughs> I definitely don't want to see <laughs> this the is, weekend this this
1: before my So I'm saying on a contemporary level of people who have the artistry... Yeah. And have the songs to perform at the Super Bowl, <clears throat> it would have to be someone like Ariana Grande, who people are projecting to be in the position of someone who will eventually do a Super Bowl. Whereas the weekend, I feel like, doesn't have the catalog, doesn't have the recognition. Um, well, okay, recognition isn't fair, but he doesn't have the. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, he doesn't have the legacy yet to perform at the Super Bowl. Um, I can't think of who I, w- I would want to see a full performance from now actually I'm trying to think of anyone who is seasoned who would perform at the season- uh, Super Bowl but I can't think of anyone off the top of my head you know
0: I don't I don't understand why Usher and Pink Usher haven't was been on my yet.
1: lips Usher was definitely there Usher was definitely
0: people have there. said Rihanna I mean in terms of optics yes but the girl can't sing or perform so I wouldn't want her to do it I so, mean JLo um,
2: wasn't great she can JLo mind. can
0: perform though she can't sing but she's a great dancer True. performer true but that the but rihanna, was awful rihanna i just i as much as i love rihanna she has obviously hits for days and she's obviously in terms of stature she's definitely worthy of that stage but in terms of the actual reality of the of the fact she, my goal is just be it's going to be doing what on stage what drinking shots on stage doing a stiff wine i'm sorry
1: she would give a great show in my opinion and she has a song for it as well Ro- yeah, robin R- rihanna
2: R- Pente, i love you but
1: yeah no, I, I think it. she i think she could do it. Rihanna,
2: if she if she took it seriously if she took it seriously and she prepared if for like if she took nine it seriously for and I think yes. she would if it was the yes. Super Bowl I think she would take it seriously and especially thinking about Rihanna from what I've seen of her public appearances now like in this stage of her career I think she definitely would take it seriously personally in this stage of her career this moment in the in this moment if she got the call and took it and took it because remember she's political. She she might not take it on that she I think she's been offered it actually um but um yeah she's yeah she's been offered it she has been offered it hundred percent this was news yeah she's been offered it before and she she declined it but uh, um, yeah because of the political yeah if yeah, she, yeah I remember yeah the I political remember. yeah 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 so if she gets offered it again which we can expect that moment to come and if she did accept it then I would I'd expect her to prepare for it uh in a timely manner and source the people that she needs creatively to unpack that um but i get what you mean there was a stage in her career where i think she wouldn't have taken it as seriously and probably not have done it but i think just just thinking of her interviews and her moments publicly i think now she would take it seriously politics aside just if like hypothetically everything was in line but um Rihanna's definitely someone. Usher was, yeah, 100%. Pink would kill it. Like he said to Um Who else hasn't done it? Who else hasn't done it?
0: Because Pink has the hits, the longevity, and the girl can sing and perform. And
2: the performances.
1: The, the flying across stage. And if Katy Perry has done it, Pink needs to do it.
2: Katy Perry's was disgusting. She performed raw. <laughs> Sorry.
1: <laughs>
2: disgusting.
0: It, it goes back to Eden's point, though the super bowl originally that that performance slot was something to be given to seasoned veterans and you know young legends or legends so like even going back to the Horiana thing so i don't know if you guys missed this but beyonce was offered this when she first came out as a solo wise and she turned it down because she was like i don't have the material i don't have the catalog wait yet.
2: wait 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 and she wait, obviously
0: did it wait, she did like what 12 wait. years later when it <laughs> made sense
2: beyonce was offered uh, this at the start of her career yeah <laughs> this is the, okay why are we even why are we even but, listen, but no 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 hold on hold on this isn't even a slant towards Beyonce but I'm just saying why are we even taking this seriously if they're giving it in the, the, this this just shows me that the mindset of the Super Bowl is dying. wait wait <laughs> they just don't know what they're doing they don't know anyway shopping sorry continue, is, is but, this, can I but, just check is this what?
1: the end of her Destiny's um child career beginning of her Beyonce career or is this the beginning of
2: no this is a
0: so so when De- so when Destiny Child went on hiatus, so when Dangerous in Love came out, so Crazy Love, Baby Boy, Naughty Girl, that so time. So when she had the life.
1: Pepsi commercial. And so be, yeah, would this yeah. be so in conjunction be- with Destiny's Child, or did they just want Beyoncé?
0: Yeah, so Destiny's Child was still together technically. So th- it that's makes sense.
1: Together. I I think it makes sense. Why? But I just asked you if it's in conjunction with Destiny's Child. You said Child. No, what I
0: mean by that is she was technically still in the group, but it was a, a so it would be a solo ah, okay cool. so That's why I meant. It was when they were on hiatus between Survivor and Destiny Fulfilled. Uh, okay. I know her dad did that. I know her dad. Shout out to Matthew. Dad.
1: I know her dad did that. Yeah. Young grinder.
0: She turned it down because she's like, I don't have the catalogue for a year. But what she did do was she performed the national anthem that year. <laughs> yeah,
2: which yeah, made that's sense. Thing. That makes sense. That's fitting.
0: <laughs> which made sense. But that's what I'm saying. Like, now we're thinking about so okay, perry and the weekend the thing is i disagree with Eden's points in terms of today's stars the weekend is definitely one of the biggest stars we have right now yes he is he is, he is. yes that's not what I'm, i didn't say he wasn't
1: i didn't say that he wasn't no because he doesn't have the recognition and i corrected like- myself i said he doesn't have the recognition actually that's not fair to say he does have the recognition like- i'm saying in terms of his contemporaries he is not the person that i would see go and do the super bowl i would s- because of how they're branded i would see ariana grande
0: oh right yeah before him but um yeah. so the weekend like he is a big star so i do i do get why he was chosen but once again i was like mm, it's too early because my knowledge of super bowl is like when i look you know michael jackson did it prince janet jackson you know and they were like seasoned veterans they had been 18 20 years in the in it by this point when they did it then you have the weekend who's not even 10 years yet Katy perry uh Bruno Mars, even though I love him, like Bruno Mars did his way too early. It was way too uh, early. Way, early. Too early. <laughs> way too
1: early. I get early. why he was there though. <laughs> like his no, but... his branding screams le- like legacy artists. That's what it screams. No, but Bruno Mars had two albums out. Yeah, that's a Bruno double
2: standard out. to the weekend. It's then, if, like it's it's
1: three no, albums. He had two albums out. He had two when he did his. He had doops and um, doops and hooligans. And he also, also had jukebox. But didn't he have um, what's it called? Um... Train for car magic.
0: No. Yeah. I swear he had he that. No, He did Super Bowl before that.
1: Oh, I thought he had
0: that out already. And he actually delayed this the third album because he got Super Bowl. That's what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. I, I thought he had the last so, one.
0: It, and he was amazing. His show was amazing. But I was like, this is too early in your career. 100%. And see, Bruno Mars would have been great in like 15 years time. Because I know he's going to be here. Bruno is here yep, to stay. He I is. know he's going to be here for decades. 15 that's years. I mean,
1: that's, 15 years. Clarify, that is what I mean by branded legacy. That is what I mean. You can tell they're going to be here for years.
2: Wait, guys, you think Bruno Mars is going to be here in 15 years? I yes.
1: definitely do. 100%. Okay. That's
2: interesting.
0: Bruno Mars is, what is the most talented pop star in word commas we have.
2: In terms of the pop
0: star. He and the writer. Most Don't forget how many songs he's penned as well. Producer. Oh, he's
1: talented. Yeah, for sure. He has the connections as well. He's performed at the Super Bowl. Here twice,
2: 15,
0: 15, (laughs) twice already.
1: We'll revisit this convo with my uncles.
2: (laughs) Can I ask why? Can I ask why you don't think he will be? I don't think the concepts for me, I the concepts and stuff like that, is that for me. Like, personally, that era where he was just taking, taking, taking from the past, that was like that was one
0: album he did. Um, Yeah, yeah, that's
2: what I'm saying. I need him to come back again and again, like maybe two more eras just to see if he still has the 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 breath I,
1: I get in that i get lens. that argument he is he is dated like but the talent t- is definitely there Bruno the talent See, is no but
0: there. i disagree with that though because his first two albums were not dated at all and they were very successful
1: <clears throat> when i he, he he definitely subscribes to a particular era with his music. no
0: he's someone he's someone who, who unlike most of these, these four today has a true reverence for singing and performing and talent He's he's got an old school mindset, but he knows how to fit in with what's going on in the world.
2: And thus, he's not for me. I just need to see that like another one or two more times, Irish, just to see if the breadth of the breadth of creativity because the talent, no one can deny. We come on, we cannot deny that. Like none of us can mm-hmm. deny that we haven't. But in terms that of- that man me, can sing his ass off, sing and write, perform, and play, and perform. dance. Bruno Mars has got it. hundred and ten percent. So yes, but it's just in about, 10 years time, me. Just seeing. If that can extend for 15 years more, that for me is the question. The talent, can the talent and conceptualization land with the talent for another three, four, five eras over that? Or maybe three eras, three, three, four, maybe three, four over the next 15 years. That's sorry, I'm I'm, I'm
1: just just laughing because now I understand why people ask if we beef in real life. (laughs) Like, just hearing the way this conversation is going. No, 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 not even. the thing is, there's
2: there's one thing I can never deny, and that's someone's talent. You know, Ariana, talented, yeah. talented. Like, we can, that's never going to be a thing. But for me, in Bruno's case, what we're talking about here is just, conceptually, that is my red flag. I'm like, can he, beyond these last eras that he's had, which obviously, as shoppe said, big, huge successes, um, can he extend that? And I just want to see... I, I'm the, interested on this next, next week. See, it next
0: and it's so sad out. because I kind of feel that that last album era he did has kind of tainted the way he's viewed in the general public because people forget he had two other albums which were very um contemporary, original, if you will, that were very successful. But unfortunately, there was the whole cultural appropriation discussion, the whole stealing, blah, 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 that whole narrative around his last album. But people forget...
2: There was two albums before that that were very successful. Oh, no. He definitely, like, people who know him know about Unorthodox Jukebox and do what? Was it Do-Ops do do and Hooligans? Hooligans. Yeah, Do-Ops and Hooligans as well. So, for sure, I'm just... It's been 20... oh 2016. Okay. Like, he's due. He's due another album. He's due another yeah, album. like, let's see. If he... if Like, that's the thing. I'm just like, where's his mind at? But, like... Do you know anything, Chope in the industry? Do you work in? Is there any any discussions? Because <laughs> I
0: don't know who Nick thinks I am. No, no, no. Just like because you
2: seem to know so, by so just like, is there any discussion? Like, because it's been dead quite. No, maybe maybe he was planning to release this year, but COVID. Maybe, maybe he maybe, probably maybe, was. Maybe that. But but yeah.
0: But back to the, the the conversation. So my thing is like, so I get why the weekend was chosen in terms of the whole who's current and successful, but I just feel like something like that should be reserved for veteran. Very nice. So, like, and I think that's going back to how is the how has Usher not been called yet?
2: How? How have we not called him? Do yet? you think maybe he how? has been called and
1: said no? Do you think? I feel like that would make news, though.
0: I feel like he hasn't. I, I actually feel like he hasn't been called.
2: That's what. That's why I think. I feel like he actually hasn't been called, which upsets. Because if JT, the person, if Justin Timberlake, the person who steals from Usher, um, has got called, and Justin Timberlake hasn't. That's. I mean, Justin Timberlake has. That's,
1: but we that's gotta remember, to we gotta remember who the Super Bowl are for, though. Like, it's no, for the Usher, white people let's, that not notice be, that.
2: But let's be real, Usher is white famous, and I hate putting the things in that lens. Like, Usher is. You think
1: so? Yes. Yes. No, no, uh, Usher, yes. Is,
2: uh, Usher is Usher. Like, see, Usher and
1: this is, is the problem. Usher had I don't like see the way, we, the way this, Eden said this.
0: that. I don't know people who people think
2: Usher is. You know, Usher He's is. He's not Trey Songs or Chris Brown, <laughs> and that's no, no, no. Seriously, I don't seriously. think that. I'm not even trying to make a joke. Like I know you don't think that, but the, the dialogue online, some people will be thinking, especially the, the dialogue newer online, people don't, People
0: don't respect Usher. Be you thinking
2: know? that he's some. They little, do not respect Usher. Like uh, Usher, they do not respect him. A good decade and some change. You know, they do like,
0: not respect him whatever. at all. Like, <laughs> my guy is the last black artist to release a diamond-selling album. Listen.
2: Yeah. Some
0: this okay. Let me just reel off some receipts: eleven Grammys, seventeen top ten singles, eleven number one singles, eighty million copies sold worldwide. Yeah, Chris Brown, Trey, Neil are not seeing him. <laughs> they are not seeing him. Okay, but they're not seeing him. Justin even Timberlake is not seeing not even him. In his
2: generation. Yeah, JT is the one we need to speak about. He's not seeing him 100%. He's
0: not seeing him. Um, Usher came out in 1994. He is still here. He came out when his contemporaries were Genuine Wine and Cisco. Where are those niggas? I love them, but where are they? But Usher is still here. Usher is, uh, is I hate to put it on this lens, but Nick will understand. He is the equivalent to a male Beyoncé in terms of stature, that, longevity. Yeah, kind of thing, but yeah, like, I get you. But you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah.
0: So people... So I, I was like, is he? Yes. Asha, Asha has hits for Super Bowl. He's got hits for the Super Bowl. Can, thought thought can I ask... Three Super Bowls. Wait, can I just... Can I ask what you thought
1: I meant when I said is when he?
0: When Nick said he's white famous, you said... He's, no, so going back to the whole whole about it's for white people, would... um would they know it's someone like someone like that like, <coughs> yes usher is definitely someone white people know no,
1: no no so that's what you thought i meant when i said is he you thought i meant what did you mean way. what i meant was in terms of how people like people obviously know who usher is but how they actually place him as an artist do they place him on that like pedestal that black people hold usher on that's what i meant So obviously white people know who Usher is because obviously he's a, as you like listed all of his achievements, he's an amazing artist. He's done incredible things. He's like one of the only artists to do that. But black people, when they talk about Usher, he's like up here. But when I hear white people talk about Usher, it's like they brush him off. So that's why I was like, is he white white famous? Because I'm like, yeah, he's famous in terms of celebrityhood. But would white people call Usher an A-list celebrity? I think black people would. I don't know if white people would. So that's what I meant by is he? Well, Asha is definitely an A list celebrity. They need to check the stats. If they
2: can't
0: they literally check check Wikipedia, check the stats. Numbers
2: don't lie. And the thing is, it's <laughs> do not You even, guys, do you know think... what? Do you know what? Even numbers don't lie. Yeah, this is like do... the same thing with Brandy. Yeah, like when you, you ask R and B artists or pop artists actually who their favorites are, that name's getting seen. That name is getting seen, and that is the same as with Brandy. She is the vocal bible. People debated why she called. That is for a
1: reason, very specific. So you guys, so you guys think Brandy is white famous as well? Brandy, not like Usher, not like
2: Usher. But in terms, hold on, hold on, hold on. But I'm building on Usher's case with not only the stats, but I'm saying the cultural lens as well. Brandy doesn't have the same gravitas in terms of the stats that Usher does. Um, In terms of over time, over time There was a specific pocket, for sure Has it, and now Even now, like, she's been able to have some success But in terms of Usher-level Success across time, she doesn't have But in terms of the cultural stuff, they both have That, in terms of when people Talk about the vocal bible um, or uh, songs or vocals brandy's name comes up and in the same way when people talk about performances pop artists r&b artists over time who's your influence usher's name gets caught on the table you know it, it just happens and i've heard it in multiple interviews it get they usher's name gets mentioned that's why i'm like he has the cultural stuff and he has the stats stuff it, it it pairs together for a good case, you know.
0: So I just don't know why he hasn't been called. I don't know why Pink hasn't been called. Even someone like Christina Aguilera, I was thinking Spears, Christina, to be as well. Like, why haven't they been called? Actually, well, maybe Britney has, but maybe yeah, not. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm, you know, yeah. So like the weekend, like I get it, but I was like, there's even even you know, on a, even Kelly Clarkson, someone like her. I don't know,
1: like no, Kelly, oh no. No, no, why no
0: why. No. <laughs> Why? Kelly has hits And
1: she can sing Yeah but I don't think She has the status That we're trying to describe People who <laughs> Perform in the Super Bowl Should have What <laughs> <Nick. laughs> <Sorry. Sorry>. <laughs> career Let me <laughs>
2: Lord Anyway Let me Just look, Let me What <laughs> no, a good career No she has But let, If Christina's not Getting the call Kelly, forget the call. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Kelly? <laughs> you know what? Do you know Jessie what she Jay, hasn't died? Like... <laughs> wait, wait. Shall I'm I... joking. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> let's get jennifer no i'm joking i'm joking no no no, joking. no no <laughs> no but kelly no when it's just kelly felt like a thought back of american idol that's why i was just laughing i was just like no oh, but God. no uh, but she's had a then, great career again, she had a great career
0: well if you look at the numbers kelly's had a, an amazing career
2: i was just pulling those up she has had a really good career like for real but not like, super bowl
1: worthy i don't think um what about drake guys what about drake Drake could do it and i wouldn't be mad drake uh, do you know what let him release I, lover boy thing, first
2: yeah. let him release lover boy first but 100 <laughs> the case is there the case is there no because i actually feel like we're gonna get something interesting on lover boy so we'll, let's see but he's definitely I obviously drake is well. drake is pop drake is pop so. so drake can definitely do that for sure hits for days Drake could, def- Drake could definitely do Super Bowl
1: Do you know what's yeah. weird though? I feel like it wouldn't suit his brand to Kanye? Do it. I, I, I don't know why Kanye could do it
0: Why wouldn't it suit Drake's brand? It's, it's totally Drake's brand to do Super Bowl he's, that, nigga's a, that nigga's a pop star
1: I feel like he tries to make himself <laughs> seem underground and underrated sometimes so I Meanwhile don't know if- he's doing songs with
0: every country in the world And he jumps on everyone's
1: hooks And mm. But I mean in terms of like He does his, like, his own tours and stuff like that It's always like he's bringing out underground artists and stuff like that So I don't know. I like, I know he's this massive artist, but I don't, I feel like it wouldn't suit his brand to do the Super Bowl now. Yeah. That's just, that's just how I feel.
2: Mm. I get you. Cause he does the whole, f- I, I get you. Cause he says the whole like F Grammys. Yeah, kind of like stuff. I know what you mean. He tries I mean... to
1: be anti-establishment ex- because he is the establishment, but mm. I, I just don't know if it will suit his brand.
2: Mm. He definitely could but, do
1: it though. 100%. Yeah. But I think what we're all saying is we agree it's too early for the weekend. It's way too early. But I mean, he might surprise us. Like,
2: surprise I, us. I mean, do you know what? Like, I'm happy for... I guess He I'm won't just, surprise us. It won't be a good performance. That yeah. guy can't perform. Oh, 100%. So. I'm happy for just Toronto. That's <laughs> all I'm happy for. You know? <laughs> the city, because, like, people were like... he was what a, a consolation. No- he was like, he was a nobody on road. And then, like, to just become this person, like, it's just incredible for him. So, like, we'll see. But, you know the performance is the performance <laughs> we'll see what happens but what we're saying is you know there are artists that from a generation ago who haven't had it yet who need to have it first that's what i think is the main point um pink i'm actually shocked like when Chope said pink i was like oh yeah she hasn't done it christina come on and like- pink is interesting because as nick <clears throat> will know
0: pink has had recent success Yes. Yeah. so It's more like oh, just from the starting. Pink has had recent hits, Mm. like as of as early as like three or so years ago. Her last album had like what two top ten hits. Yeah, she's had recent success. Still, twenty or so years later,
2: it's a it's a long career, and you know it's yeah it's a long career for someone like Pink, and she's had very different eras. And she would give you a show. Yeah, she's had very different eras. So it's you know like come on, like there's some people from the generation before who need their flowers first. Mm. But, um, but I just
0: think it's hilarious that you guys didn't know that Beyonce was offered it at the beginning of her solo career. <laughs> I did not. That's uh,
2: really just pathetic to me. That shows that consistently the Super Bowl ain't it. Like what? <laughs> the like, way you guys what, were like, what, what, what? Wait, Beyonce. Just to
0: clarify, wait, so this is child. like, no, Dangerous In Love, the
2: first album,
0: <laughs> the first album she was being offered Super Bowl but she said no. My girl said no. What
2: would she have done? Like, I get the Destiny's Child I stuff. Know. I get it. A hundred percent get it. But even Destiny's Child, it would have been early for them to do it. Like, for me, yeah. personally, they would have, you know, not went the Beyonce moment when she pulled them up. That would have been Destiny Child moment to have it, yeah. you know? But um, I'm so glad she said no. Yeah. That would have looked awful in the canon of her career, personally. I think it yeah. would have changed it in a way. Um, but yes let's move on today's superstars you know you can wait your turn i feel like the stage is being set for ari to have it though in the next couple of years now yep she'll definitely be getting the call um legacy branding soon she'll be definitely be getting the call but um if she hasn't already. If
0: Sierra had more hits, she would have killed it. A hundred.
2: Performer. A hundred percent of perfor and she always does something different. And this is the thing.
0: So back to the Usher thing. People act like Usher is Sierra. No shit. No,
1: I wouldn't say that. No, you're, no, you're no. You were closer not with Chris Brown and Trey's You are closer to Chris bad. Brown and Trey's songs, not Sierra. No.
0: People don't respect Usher, you know. They really don't. It, it upsets but it's me. not people...
2: Sierra level, come on, come on, come it's on. It's just on. the way you say it. Usher has <laughs> they... stands that correct people. It's not, you know,
0: Like, it really actually grinds my gears. The way I just see some narratives on here from people about Usher, as if Usher's some commoner.
2: No, but people need to stop. No, what, pe- what, what people need to stop doing is you saying... You better put some no, respect on Chope, What people need to stop doing is saying that Usher needs to go against Chris Brown. Cause I've seen versus rooms, I've seen tweets, I've seen it's been a whole agenda at this point. I think Chris Brown stop. even
0: said he um he would he would win like Negro.
2: Wait, Chris Brown said he would win. Oh yeah, he did. He did. He did. Christopher he did. Maurice he did. Brown. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he just do you know what he did? He took a leaf out of he took a leaf out of the book of the King of R and B narrative and he said, I'm gonna try and get attention for what I don't know because he doesn't have a project coming. But he said literally, um let me just get some attention that he knows in his heart of hearts. If he truly is an Usher fan, which he is, he knows who's winning. He just There's doesn't want to publicly There's only one person really like
0: about Usher and he's in jail. So,
2: let's move Boy, on. Anyway, move next on. topic. <laughs> 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 that guy's music is not getting a spin from me directly. But
0: I'm right though, right? Yeah,
2: uh, yeah.
0: if it wasn't for being a disgusting human being.
1: Shop it, shop it, shop it, shop
2: it, please. <laughs> let's let's not even give him any <laughs> time. We know we know what the conversation is. Guys, fill in... no fill in, you, fill in, no, no no, no know, we, I'm we, not know, being we know, crazy. We know. Fill in the that. blanks. Let's fill in the blanks. We know what you were saying. We know that there's a there's an era of truth to that. There's, you know, but um yeah, let's move on. Taylor Swift tie. Um so Taylor Swift and her masters there's an update. So <laughs> I wish like, I wish we could Insert emojis Like as visuals For this Because I would Just put a scooter For this But I yeah did. Scooter brawn. Scooter brawn, Scooter brawn, Scooter brawn. So he has sold He has sold Taylor Swift's discography, The first six albums To be precise Um And he sold them For 300 million What? Mm. Three hundred million? 300 Yeah Yeah mm. Um he sold them to Shamrock Capital Venture Capitalist essentially. Um boy. Yeah, this was this week it became public. Billboard reported on it, Variety reported on it. Um, and we basically know that Taylor Swift revealed um two or three screenshots on Twitter, basically explaining the situation in a letter. Um, I'm reading a variety article that have a opinion on the pricing specifically um, And the experts have had mixed opinions Some have said while the value and probable longevity of Taylor Swift's music is indisputable The artist vowed to um, stymie the value of those releases Has industry observers divided um, over whether Shamrock and um, Capital overspent When it recently plucked down the 300 million um swift has obviously complained um bitterly about the acquisition of her former label big machine records um and this happened in june of last year because she said that she wasn't given a viable option to purchase the rights of her masters of her first six albums but um also because of deep personal ominous which she holds for Braun. Whom she said was a bully. Obviously, we remember that moment last year. I think we reported on it here. Um, she didn't want to cooperate with the exploitation of these assets, which Braun has had in, up until this moment. Um, she even pledged to re record, obviously, all her albums, like JoJo and the like have done in a modern day strategy to retain their artistic integrity and their kind of property in a different sense. Um, she's less trying to lessen the value of the originals by re-recording um so we don't know what shamrock are doing with the masters um and if shamrock can recoup their investment um or will they further sell the investment of obviously the 300 million worth discography um yeah we just don't know what they're gonna do but um there is a debate over whether Shamrock's beard makes economic sense. Um, and it's an eye popping, obviously price tag, it's crazy. And it's a risk almost to have bought it at this this value. That's what a lot of um, economists are saying in this realm, but it's just super interesting. And I don't know, I just don't know what's gonna ever happen in this Shamrock deal phenomenon. I don't know whether Taylor will ever get her music back like the originals because it just seems like scooter Braun has literally screwed her at this point but what do you guys think of the acquisition the 300 million worth acquisition by shamrock um and venture capitalists at large what do you guys think
0: um why is it a risk for them to have bought her masters i don't get it why Mm. why is it being called a risk
2: these are my thoughts I think it's a risk just because of the value that it could have had. If that makes sense, that's what they're they're kind of saying, that they could have got it for more. So they're even being more like economically inclined. So they're saying they risked buying it too low, if that makes sense. What? Do you mean they could have bought it for cheaper? No more. They could have probably liaised more. That's what economists are saying. Like, it could, they don't know the that eva- they're debating on the worth of the, the discography, and they're saying that's hard to tell right now because obviously some have just been recorded of of the six albums. So they're saying that it could have amassed more value over time. The originals. That's what they're saying.
0: Mm. What I will say is, is that um, I think I think it's just
2: extremely
0: funny. Well, actually, not funny, but. It's just, um, it's quite mad how red tape and contracts work because this is music that she has written herself, produced herself, recorded, but she doesn't own the rights to. Someone as massive, as gargantuanly successful as she is does not own the rights to her music and it's just being traded like Yu Gi Oh cards before her eyes. From this company to this company, this person to that person. It's just quite, it's quite interesting to see. And, I know she's been going back and forth with Scooter and then there was, there was the part of the story where she, she has tried to negotiate buying it from Scooter, but then he wanted her to sign like an ironclad NDA, saying that she would never speak about him in public before she even gets a chance to buy it. So he's being a dickhead. He's being a mess. He's being um, manipulative. And, and and she was, I think Shamrock actually wanted to partner up with, with Taylor for it, but apparently, even if she does, Scooter will still get some like uh residual money from any deals that i made anyway she's just like nah i don't want him anywhere near my music (laughs) (laughs) she's like i'm done with you basically which i don't blame her for but i just i don't know why she well surely she, she can just buy it from shamrock now i guess if they're willing to sell but
2: but i think it's the principle i think that she's probably like why am i 300 like what Three hundred million for things that I did. I think that's where I because I, I won't buy it. No, but all eyes buy their masters. That money. That's what you do in the end. Like I know, but like but
0: for
1: three hundred million, there I could think.
2: have been a cheaper rate. Like if they were, if they were amicable, they were good, If they were on good terms, like I, that would have been probably a hundred million. Like let's because be you know, I'm, you know, like like I know buying your masters and stuff, but like for that value, like I know you're playing me right now. Hmm. You know, mm. especially because people in her position probably paid like a tenth of that. Mm, it's
0: know? interesting because I, I was reading about Luther Vandross last week, and he was buying his masters as he went along. So, like, he would release an album, it would do well. That's good. The money he get, good. he would buy the masters. Second album, yeah. it would do well, and I think that's that needs to be discussed more. Luther was buying his masters as he went along, as he got bigger, that's, that's a good approach. as he earned more money, he was buying his masters. But I know someone like Sierra. Just bought hers recently. Uh, Jay Z owns all his. But anyway, the point I was gonna say was, is that she's saying that she would like to re-record all her albums because it would d- reduce the value of the originals. Like, I don't believe that's to be the case. I'm sorry, my dear, it's not. It's not the same because JoJo. When she re-recorded all her albums, it was because they were literally not available anywhere. <laughs> mm,
2: <laughs> like, mm. unless
0: you were like me, who bought this series in 2004 and 2006, I still yeah. own the original albums. They're not literally anywhere on Amazon, iTunes, they're, like, they're nowhere to be Vanished. found vanish that's right. why she recorded them whereas yours my dear are still available on every platform on <laughs> everywhere that can Shop, be purchased. Hey,
2: the way you talk about eyes sometimes like yours my dear like that killed me that like
0: sorry but <laughs> no no
2: no. it's funny it's funny it makes your point so that much fun
0: and and also because the original recordings obviously you know, there were massive hits they sold millions of albums and obviously in terms of the the memories that people have <clears> towards the <throat> to, to those original recordings that's not going to be sustainable to your new versions it's not Mm. it's not going to be the same so it's not the same as jojo's i'm afraid so you can re-record them all you like but i can guarantee shamrock will still be getting the call first before you oh we want a license last story we're gonna go to shamrock oh we want a license bad blood we're gonna go to shamrock (laughs) teardrops on my guitar we're gonna go to shamrock we're not gonna go to this 2020 version and yeah, she's like, and she f- also is like, oh, I've got some creative ways to record. It. Don't be creative. Record if you're going to record them, record them as we know them. No, me, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not a fan of yours. But for the for for Becky and Bill yeah, who are no listening, no one to you, wants. If you are, no. The you... thing is, like Go Taylor on.
2: Swift. The thing is, Taylor Swift. Like she has some songs. Let's be real. Like she has some songs. She does. You know. She does. And she's 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 a very good country pop hybrid. Like I can't take that away from her. Like, and she's, she's a great writer. Very, she yeah, honestly, like, she's super talented and instrumentalist. Like, she, she, like, I can't again. This the theme of this episode. Like, I can't take away talent from people. You know, obviously, she's there's some missteps. She's annoying, you know, as a figure and stuff. But she's grown, and on she got to pop
0: after a certain while.
2: She did, she did, and she ate that pop shit up. But um, I think that in terms of her, she's grown. I've seen growth from her as a public figure and stuff. But in terms of this i actually feel sorry for her like truly no same i do sorry for like this isn't a moment to laugh at artistry this is like a moment to literally look at the lessons that can be taken and i just hope that she is one day able to be reunited with her discography because it's hers you know she had the most involvement as well as the writers and stuff involved and producers in that project that those six projects you know those six albums that made her who she is today so it's sad it's sad that Scooter is disgusting man like we need to have a conversation like Scooter he is he is despicable and he's only grown worse as his star has gone lighter you know what I mean and like it just makes me think what did Jermaine Dupri teach him what did etc etc teach him when he was interning at all these places and wait Jermaine Dupri 100% yeah he was um an intern I watched um because I used to be like a big fan of Scooter Broad. like I was like watching the behind the scenes and there was a complex series um that he was on doing an interview and stuff and he interned at Jermaine Dupri's record label like in the early days like uh the boutique label all of this like so so def yeah come on he's an he's an intern 100% intern and then he did their marketing because he used some of his college expertise um new to jermaine dupree's mother or all, all sorts like there there's there's as, yeah he was so so deaf i'm gonna research now to make sure but i know that he yeah i watched that interview and he i was shocked myself i was like so jermaine dupree gave you your first little look in music because he was never meant to be in music but um he got his way in with jermaine dupree um yeah jermaine dupree so so deaf yep 100 yeah he was there um, and he helped. He helped. So so Deaf become what it was at the time. Yeah, marketing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I knew it was right. But um, he. I. I just makes me wonder because Jermaine Dupri doesn't have that many scandals in relation to back of house stuff. Well, school is so a I'm white like... man. So yes, but I'm just like, where did he? look? Who I want to just know who taught him this shit because there's always someone who taught you to be like this his whiteness he told you to steal his ancestors well true 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 <laughs> you know there's li- maybe maybe especially especially you know he's from new york as well he's been so. under a black man
0: for that long now i have my own power oh i'm gonna go hell hell <clears throat> what, haywire.
2: <laughs> let me steal from this white woman like literally um maybe be my but- omnipotent administrator like told me i was in it, I'm, I just need, I just need Justin Bieber to check his back of house, even though I don't like it. But he needs to check his because, <laughs> listen, <laughs> there may be a scandal for you because you, you know, you're the biggest, well, one of the biggest artists we've seen in the last ten years. <laughs> but no one you, cares you about probably it. Probably getting robbed. You might be getting robbed. No, but this is what I'm saying. No one cares. So Scooter might be just getting those last bit of coins. Well, Ariana is before... doing well.
0: She's getting an Ariana
2: check. That's mad. Yeah, like, do you know what? He is, he has his hand, well, he had with Taylor Swift in hand, his hand in like some of the most successful white artists ever, like in this era, like in terms of he had multiple checks and you still got greedy. This is what I'm saying. Like you still got greedy when you had three of the pop's biggest acts. Like what? And he looks,
0: and he manages Kanye West. Listen, man. So he manages Kanye, Ariana. (laughs) Justin Bieber, and on lesser known terms, Demi Lovato.
2: Yes. See, all these Disney, like, bubblegum pop acts and all this shit, like, he, this guy was getting multiple bags. And Demi sells okay. So, he was getting (laughs) bags. So, my thing is, when did you get selfish? Like, why are you getting so? And he's got a joint deal with Usher somewhere. Like, not management or anything, but there's a joint little deal with record labels and shit. So, I'm just like, bro 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 like you're you're rich (laughs) you are richer than rich like you'll see a billion you would have seen it without stealing and like doing all of this so why did you need to like undercut taylor swift it just doesn't make sense to me like obviously the privilege shit that you said makes sense but i'm just like he had multiple streams of income from some of the biggest acts. It wasn't like he was trying to build an act and then an act here who wasn't selling and a legacy act or something. He had primetime A-listers in his stable. That, I don't know, man. Greed, power and greed. That's all I can say, power and greed, because this man is not good people's. And it, uh, more will come out. More I can tell more will come out as, you know, when, when the time comes, more will come out about him but um i blame so so deaf for giving him the marketing job i blame them i blame jermaine dupree even though i like jermaine dupree i blame you <laughs> i blame you so yeah what are your thoughts Eden? um
1: so with scooter Braun, i think from this position that my thing is when it comes to these things i'm just like it's business like obviously, it's horrible. It is. It's very, wow. very horrible. Rock Nation no, no. Twitter has jumped out of Eden. Let me let me continue. Econ bought it, I'm, joking. I'm joking. <laughs> What I'm joking. saying is, it's not. A, it's definitely not a good thing, and it's not the right way to treat someone. I don't believe in hoarding wealth in this type of way, especially in the creative industries. But I'm never surprised when people do it. Especially when it's the likes of Scooter Braun, who has a history of doing this to um, Taylor Swift and basically trying to protect his name and everything. I'm not surprised at all. And when I say it's business, I'm just like, I expected him to sell it on eventually anyway. It's an asset. That's how he sees it. He doesn't see it as Taylor Swift's music. He sees it as an opportunity to capitalize further. And that's exactly how um, the, what they called again? The, the, The company that bought it? what they call it uh shamrock Shamrock. so that's exactly how they're seeing it as well they're seeing it as something that's going to grow (coughs) over time with taylor swift's career like eventually when taylor swift reaches a certain point maybe she hits a decline or something or there's rumors of her hitting a decline then there'll be conversations like oh taylor you wanted to buy your masters we never knew oh you can buy it at this price like that's when that's what they're waiting for because she's still in a position where when she releases music people check for her um with scooter Braun. If this is how he does business, a very like Suge Knight type of way, then that's how he does business and it should be expected from him. I don't expect anything different. It, it reflects on his character as well, and that's very unfortunate, but unfortunately we exist under capitalism. In an ideal world, the world that I would like to live in, Taylor Swift would own her masters from the jump. And I'm surprised that um, she signed another... Like, I know this is going to sound ridiculous, but I'm surprised she signed another record um, deal so quickly um, with Universal...
0: There's probably, she probably negotiated some terms though. That's probably what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Also,
1: on the streaming point that Chopin made, I don't know about the ins and outs, but wouldn't Taylor Swift have the option to remove some albums from the streaming platforms? So wouldn't be she be able to remove the old recordings of her albums from Spotify, from Amazon, from all of these places? up
2: no. her- She doesn't own the rights to them. Because she doesn't have control of the, the rights. So the rights would still um. uphold them on DSPs.
1: Interesting, but isn't it her page? Doesn't she own her name, or is it just am I thinking about this incorrectly? No, but because the
0: music is owned by well, it was owned by Big Machine Records, and that's now been sold to Scooter, who sold it to Shamrock. So they now no, can I understand they now control that, so they can remove I... from stream platforms. And it's the same with Jojo's thing. So, so Jojo couldn't control her original first two albums being on stream platforms, Black did, and they chose not to put it. They chose not to put it on stream platforms, which is why she recorded them, because she had no control whether it was on platforms or not, even though it was her okay. music.
2: Yeah, because that's why Taylor Swift was like, don't stream my music. And like, that's why artists have said, like, don't stream <clears throat> X and Y, because like, it still gives them access, you know, to the material. So
1: it's crazy.
2: Yeah, it's they're still on here. They're still on here. So, Yeah.
1: It's interesting. Yeah. I just checked Jojo's um, last project is on there as well. Um, With Taylor Swift, I do eventually see her trying, well, eventually buying it. I don't think there'll be a situation where she will never own it, but it will be a while. And that's annoying to hear and very unfortunate for her. Um, I hope that like in the future, like shop, said in her, in her contract, she'll have clauses that protect her from situations like this. um, And from men like Scooter Braun, because he's not the only one in the industry. Um, but yeah re-recording i would say if you are going to do it i wouldn't recommend it but if you are just re-record the biggest singles just the biggest singles don't do the whole album i don't think that will work just like shake it off uh, bad blood um love story my favorite song you belong with me story yeah all of those ones the ones i hear in h&m and like uniqlo and those types of record. Re-record them. Like, I love Uniclo like that uh, Uniqlo slaps. It's so underrated. Yes, as well. but, like the
2: thermals. Come on. Yeah,
1: exactly. But like Taylor Swift, like this whole re-recording thing, and any artist that's considering it, I don't think it's the right avenue. Um, I think Luther Vandross was right. I know there's conspiracy theories about when artists eventually buy their masters, something happens to them. I've heard that before. Apparently, Michael Jackson was gonna buy his masters back from Sony, and all these types of things. I've heard that conversation. But Michael's um, funny
0: because. Do you know who he owned the Beatles catalog?
1: Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's why yeah.
0: they got rid of
2: him.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I did. <laughs> to be honest, that. that could be a reason. But um, that, that was a really random purchase as well. But yeah. Hey, but I it was, was a smart business say, decision,
0: Mr. Capital. It was. 100%. The Beatles no, catalog, no,
1: that's money. No. Can we not call me Mr. Capital? Because I'm not saying that people should make these decisions. I'm saying it is business. Rock Nation so Twitter has jumped no, out just, of here. No, no, no. I get you. I get oh you. my guys, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not saying capitalism is good. I'm. I'm literally saying you're saying this is the system we're in. I'm exactly. joking. Yeah, this is I'm this, joking. <laughs> this, this, this is yeah. the system. Don't call me Mr. Capital on Twitter because I'll get vexed and cuss you. Um, it's a trigger yeah. word, guys. It's <laughs> <a>
2: trigger. <laughs> but do you know what's interesting, guys? Like I just went on Scooter's page, which is. This this is obvious and to be expected, but I just want to highlight this is the capitalist in him that um Ariana is the most listened to artists on Spotify with 64,387,440 uh monthly streams as of two days ago. And then Justin Bieber is second um with sixty four that sixty-four million th- three hundred and seventy-eight thousand nine hundred and thirty-six. So these guys like they're just giving him money. They're just giving him money. Money, 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 money. They are the kingpins and he is, he's a clever guy. He's a clever guy. I have to say that. It's, it's clever to just build these artists and retain them. So I just hope them two are not trapped in the future because this guy just seems to want, as Eden said, capital, money and ventures and assets. That's a, what he, he seems to
1: speak in. It's a predator culture. That's what we live in. It is. Like people it are is. considered prey and some are predators. And that's why the music industry, you see a lot of people, mainly women, mainly black people suffer because of predator culture. Like they are shown the glit- the glitz and the glamour and the opportunity to make a lot of money, but they don't realize a lot of the time, a lot of artists actually end up either broke or not owning their masters or yeah. like there's a controversy that gets rid of them there's there's a lot more to the music industry and why i say i don't want to get involved with it whatsoever bad vibes industry
2: (laughs) the industry part is yeah scary to me um i was just gonna ask eden though like speaking about venture capitalists and stuff like how do you feel about um i feel like you've spoken about him before on this but how do you feel about a gary v uh
1: so gary v (laughs) is a social media marketer but he also owns a marketing company as well yes yeah um when you why are you what kind of lens are you asking about? From what no, do you
2: know what it is? Literally, I'm on Instagram. I was on Scooter Braun's page, and recommended on the side was Gary Vee. And I remembered, oh shit! Like I remember you used to interact and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. I was just like asking, like, oh, do you have have your thoughts changed? Have they not? Have are, like, no. like, what do you think about him? So just to uh, someone who's like a venture capitalist and stuff.
1: So Gary Vaynerchuk, in the way that he operates, I find very interesting because, um, and I don't know how to relate this to music. So I'm just going to speak about it quickly. But um, when it comes to him talking about business ventures, he comes from an angle of empathy. So he understands the system is tough. He understands that the system is corrupt, but he's just like, not everyone's going to become a millionaire. Not everyone's going to become rich. So um, basically work towards what you can. And the reason why I'm going to try and make a comparison to Scooter Braun is he seems like the type of person who is a shark, like, Scooter Braun Mm -hmm. seems like the type of person to just annihilate whoever's in his way whereas with Gary Vaynerchuk obviously I don't know him personally I only know about what he shows us he seems like the type of person um that wants to do business as ethically as he possibly can um obviously we don't know the behind the scenes but um Yeah. yeah that's the only comparison I can make between the two
2: Cool. It wasn't even for your music lens. I was just curious, like, sorry, guys. I know this is a music podcast, but I was just very curious. But, um, cool. Let's move on because I think we've, like, exhausted the Taylor Swift topic. But I do hope, honestly, she finds uh as peaceful a solution as she can in this, um yeah it's 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 hard it is hard in her circumstance okay so this one has not been reported as well i know there's an article i've managed to find which is great because i was not going through tweets it was just too much but um yeah dachavelli's snapchat got hacked um and instagram on thursday night yeah yeah, yeah as i was going to say as well as other social medias but um his snapchat was the main thing that caused a lot of attention but um Yeah, he saw his um, social medias get hacked Like various forms of them um, And messages were shared on Friday morning On social media Um, And this involved messages to his sister To H, to T Zandos Which is a young draw rapper Who is 18, I believe now She's been 17 for like a lot of this year But um, I believe she's recently turned 18 believe so So um, yeah, Dutch Aveli, obviously The leaks Um were posted like various of these leaks, DMs, uh, Snapchat messages, etc. etc. Um, he was seen speaking to T Sandoz, um, flirting particularly. Um, there was a voice note to H saying, What you lie for, <laughs> um, dirty boy, lie come out of your mouth. So, speak speaking like broken English, patois, whatever, um, to Dutch. Insinuating that he was on a date um, The leaked messages between him and Tizan um, I'm just trying to kind of scroll through a selection of them But um, yeah, they were basically lightly flirting with one another Sometimes more aggressive with him asking for pictures of her And this was believed to be when she was 17 as well um, And yeah, just asking her to come over, all sorts there are rumors um i don't really want to confirm whether they're true or not because i have not seen proof of this myself but if the guys have they can tell me but there is proof that not proof there is speculation that he was speaking to someone younger than 17 um on snapchat as well so that has made its way like i'm reading the messages between t zandos and him like there's loads of like emojis loads of um Watch your numbers. They're trying to take it off the app. Video sent to each other. Um, nothing too explicit in terms of like nudes or anything, from what we've seen. Um, you're all the way in Hackney. Get over here. Um, coming to see you today. See you soon. Cool. Um, I'll give you love. I'm seeing you tonight. At least you know. Such a convenient time for me to visit my family. Eh? Where are you, Homer? And when you ready? Messages of that vein um yeah like there's just messages of that vein you're not serious voice notes then oh sorry um didn't want to play it out loud but yeah <laughs> adds to the effect of it but um basically X is all sorts it was not friendly let's just say that it was not a friendly chat it was definitely like a flirtatious chat um but, and the Steph Don thing was just about a feature, so nothing too that was
0: problematic
2: there. That was actually funny. I love that. I like, um, well, to be honest, I'm not even trying to put him in a good light. Let's not even do that. But like the Steph Don thing was hilarious to me um, on her side because Steph Don is Steph Don. Like you, you you, just always get against Steph. Or as Nick um, says, cheeky Steph.
0: Like I love Steffi
2: or Cheeky Steff. Like, I do love my little nicknames, Steff London. Like, I, to be honest, despite all the critique and stuff, like, she, she's been problematic in the past. And I've, I've given that on this podcast as well. In recent months, I'm starting to warm up to the last. Let's hope she with her too much just average musically, cosplay. musically, just, we just want to hear a bit more individuality. But yeah, as a person, I think she's learned from her first moments in this industry but we don't know celebrities because I thought I knew Dutch. If you see my tweets last week, I was gassing the guy's marketing campaign. So, listen, Dutch has disappointed me. Um, speaking to minors um, is a very serious topic, and we're gonna we're gonna pivot and make sure that we shed light on that because that is disgusting. Personally, because I've I've met T Sundos and she is a child. <laughs> like, literally How old is she, she? Is a child. She was seventeen when I met her, but apparently she's eighteen now. She is a child. She is well, a child. Like, literally, she is a child. Well, someone, a certain app, what...
0: didn't, didn't think that was, the matter. Listen,
2: she is a child. And if we think about Dutch, yeah, he's 27 going on 28 or 28 now. I, I thought he was 29. Really? I think he had his 28th birthday oh. last week. I believe, I'll, I'll double check, but 28 or 20, 27, 28 or 29. um, Or 28 or 29 as of his birthday. Um, But let me tell you something right now for free that is a 10 year difference and it's a minor like what 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 are we doing here what are we doing here um and apparently uh Tizando's uncle was a friend of duchavelli's before he passed apparently this is what i've heard in the streets but um if that connection was even made as well that is trash to me personally because you've come in on a familial tip And then go on and try to flirt with the girl Like, and tell her to come to your house So This is just It's getting weird vibes for me It's getting weird Um, And this is what we were talking about earlier When we were talking about how we were So What do you guys think of the Social media shenanigans?
1: I Yeah, I'm i'm that just tired did, right <laughs> but it's just i'm tired of it's not funny by the way guys these types of situations appearing week on week like now like obviously <laughs> i can be tired because i'm not involved in the situation and yeah you can 100 like, you can the young girls that are in this situation who don't understand maybe don't understand what grooming is or kind of grooming culture is that's something that is a is a time bomb essentially because they have to deal with that in the future when looking back and i do see a lot of older Mm -hmm. women Mm um in their 20s look back at their younger ages um and obviously realize certain things um with this situation i'm just like oh i'm just like just why (laughs) god like i i honestly i (sighs) I have no words. Like honestly, it just doesn't make any sense to me because I'm just like, you're actually a grown man. Like you're actually 28, and your sister is famous. Um, you had money. You you, like you had like you. He's I just famous feel like you now. had. Like, like, I know this on. is a very shallow thing to say, but you had a you could choose older women, but you are you are out here still with younger girls. I just don't understand the thinking behind it i don't and obviously as i said before we're in a predator culture like not just in terms of capitalism but in terms of preferences and men taking advantage of women that is the type of culture that we're in and there is no way to ignore that and in psychological terms it would make sense for why an older man with more experience would want to take advantage of a girl who doesn't actually understand what's going on fully like there's still a lot of um growing up that she needs to do still a lot of awareness and i um, figuring out of herself that she needs to do it's it's an it's an open opportunity for manipulation um for a man to do that to a young girl so maybe it's a power trip for dutch Revelli. maybe he's just trying to and i'm not trying to reason it i'm trying to understand out loud myself as well because it's such a disgusting thing to do um I just, I, guys, like, I'm lost here. I'm lost for words. I don't know what to say on this one. I'm sorry. The thing is for me, yeah,
2: like, I just think that we need to speak about these things more seriously. Like not you guys on the podcast, just the reactions to this. Because
1: yep. um, people think it's rare. Because and it's not. It's not rare. Definitely exactly. Not. And
2: I was having those conversations yesterday. Um, I know Chope was in one of them. Um, but in terms of just the reaction literally yeah exactly just in terms of the reaction i just think a lot of people are uh they are trivializing it on a joke level and it's not a joke even though we laughed we laughed at you know steph london all that kind of stuff but this part of it is not a joke like it's not you know this happens all the time you know women are not believed women are made fun of women are told that they wore this outfit they invited this behavior all of this kind of stuff and it's normalized with apps like snapchat where things delete um delete themselves after 24 hours right so this little cheeky chat you know not meant to be had all of this um and let's not forget i'm not saying this is normal but let me just let's let's be real some men have a fetish for young women Mm -hmm. okay that it's not right i'm not saying that because (laughs) let's just say this podcast is getting more visibility let me not say the things i would do but past episodes have said what i would do um but with certain people they have this fetish right right or wrong we can all agree on that. That is a yeah. fact, you know. Because of things like maybe pornography, because of things like films, even films like general media and how they kind of um, spotlight younger women, younger girls, girls, not even women, girls. Um, this, these, these fetishes grow and are seen as normalized. Like, let okay, let's not forget that just two decades ago, nineties television. We saw presenters, male presenters, this is on YouTube, male presenters, yeah, being kissed on the cheek or on the lips by young girls and their parents consenting to that for them. Okay, this is a fact. Like, you can go back and search all of this, okay? You can go and search Joe Biden and his fetish with younger girls, okay? Because that is on Google and YouTube as well. So, this is normalised in society you know, this isn't a bad apple, this isn't an exception, this is, it's happening right now, and I always, when I think about like um, predatory behavior, paedophilia, all of that, I just have to, I put this thought in my mind that it's literally happening somewhere near to me right now, I put myself in that position, because it's like, that is how real it is, it's not some dark thief in the night it's not a villain it's not it's just like people are getting stabbed right now and it's sad mm. but it is happening you know yeah. and the thing is it's not some little th- the bad uncle or this 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 like it's hap. it's literally it can happen anywhere at any time from yeah. any person person to person you know so this is why even the analogy like think of it if you was your mom or your daughter no 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 Girls, whether you know them or not, boys, whether you know them or not, get groomed right now. The Vatican report just came out on the church, still happening, you know, all of these places that we think we're trusted, we're safe, da-da-da, it's happening. So for me, it's about being vigilant. It is about unlearning. And I, all these buzzwords, I unlearn, whatever, you actually have to do the work. Like you have to, that that bad thought that you get in your head on a subconscious level, you got to address yourself with that. Yep and be like i got because there's been some not thoughts like that (laughs) let me tell you that not thoughts like that but there have been some colorism stuff Mm -hmm. you know in the past there have been some racial stuff you know in terms of where i've been like why am i thinking this you know Mm -hmm. why am i thinking and then i have to nip that in the bud there have been some thoughts there have been and i'm going to be very honest accountability here accountability time there have been some thoughts so on the same level Maybe you don't have paedophilia, thoughts, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But what you need to do is challenge yourself to not always blame placement on the woman. Like, why is she wearing the skirt? Why is she doing this? Why is she doing that? What did she do? And place it on men as a society and patriarchy um, and all of that. And address what we can do on our end of the spectrum. And you have to personally unlearn and you have to personally challenge your friend. You know, if they're trying to get a girl drunk in the club, why are you doing that? why are you doing that if you're trying to talk way up way outside of school for a certain age of girls why are you doing that if you're 21 and listening to this podcast and your friend's 21 and they're talking to an 18 year old or 70 why are they doing that why why Ask the questions you know because we can't keep doing this we can't keep having these conversations we can't like we we it's just not right like and the thing is this happens as i said everywhere it's not in the night it's not this it happens everywhere so we have to take the onus into our own hands and think what can we do even pornography some of you need to stop watching what you think you know in the the genres some of you need to you know not do that because it perpetuates a certain thought that manifests inside you and it it, it engulfs you to think certain thoughts sometimes you know or condone certain thoughts you know as right and all this kind of stuff so you, you have to really have an honest conversation and do this because duchavelli approaching t Zandos was not an accident and even after he knew her age it was publicly known that she's a child at the time um he still decided to continue that conversation which we saw on snapchat it's because it's so rampant in our society but so there's no consequences or if there are consequences they're very like unlikely to be reached in a court of law you know because some people drop out some people get threats some people are not believed by the court of law um some people are gaslighted by the police you know when they go to the police um and all this kind of stuff so for me it's about taking the lesson from this on a personal level right um it's not about having a few laughs on the timeline for me that that's me my opinion but we need to stop trivializing this issue because it's an issue and it's only getting bigger it's not getting smaller um, unfortunately um especially in the age of social media and platforms like snapchat which allow you to hide from it in some cases as well so it's, t- it's tiring that we speak about the isms as well because it's not tiring. It's tiring just because we are doing the work and it's not even like I'm trying to say I'm an exception. It's not that. It's just tiring because when you see week after week, when you see literally- when you see the world like this, you see it every day. Like you see yeah. something wrong with the world literally. every day because the world is wrong. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Talk to women. Yeah, like oh my gosh, yes. Like they get like. Ugh. I never forget a conversation I had, yeah, where a girl took me through her typical day, yeah? Like, the looks, the touches, the the casual nature to which it happens, yeah? The way she wasn't even outraged, the way she was like, this is normal. Not even, she was disgusted, obviously, but the way she was like well, I just got to push past that guy in the club and be touched on the ass. I just have to do it, you know? I just have to do it to get to my friends. And it's like, she just, you know, does that shoulder thing, like, oh, get off me. Like that roll of the shoulder and then goes. But like, these are human beings. Like what? Like, Like, it's so, (sighs) seriously, I keep saying this. If I could press the button and just end this world, I would, like, because at this point, for me there's so much bad in it like obviously there's so much good as well like i'm never gonna be in the depressive state looking at the world like that you know 24 hours a day but for me it's like there's what there's so much sick in the world that scares me having a younger sister who i never talk about on purpose on purpose. that's an intentional reason and don't take pictures of my goddaughters and all sorts because na nah, 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 nah. like this internet is weird and this world is weird so yeah, but for me, when that girl took me through her day, I was like, "This is nuts! Like, this is nuts! Not all—it's not surprising, but it's like it's chaotic almost with what they have to go through." So for me, I'm t- exhausted on that premise that there's always something when you when your third eye is open or whatever. Like when you just take accountability into shit, and I'm still not perfect. You know, there's so much shit I got to work on, but. For me to at least see the problems, it makes me just so sick and at a loss for words, you know?
1: Yeah, and I think that's why it's important to acknowledge the fact that we do exist in a predator culture. Like, it is a culture. It is an accepted way of being and we're socialized to just see it and then think, oh, that's just life and that's just the way things are going. But it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be a situation where um people move without thinking about the damages Um, some of their actions have like accountability is scary. It is very, very scary. And it's a process. It's something that takes time. Um, There are some things like what Dutch is accused of and kind of the um, DMS that were revealed and everything that will need to be followed up with a court case with um, questions of, of like um, what happened and everything. Because from what I saw, some of the messages, um, i didn't understand what was going on it was just a lot of voice notes and people talking back and forth with each other but the intention behind it seemed a bit nefarious it did seem like you had a kind of sexual element to it um and obviously the young girl can't consent to that so there is no argument for this saying that she entertained or anything like that it's not fair it's not a situation that makes sense so saying that let's see what happens because yeah let's just see what happens in terms of if this is taken to court if it's taken further than it actually is um if people stop listening to his music until he takes accountability for his actions um but this to me why i said it was exhausting is because it's literally an hourly thing literally it is clockwork it is a situation where um people think they're above the system and um it's tiring because like nick said No one on this podcast can say they're perfect. Nobody, nobody. I'm sure I have enemies from the past. I have people who don't like me, um, individual situations, all of the above. I am not perfect as an individual. But at the same time, I can say that there are things that I see that go on in this world that men just ignore men just ignore we just li- we just literally hear it happen or um we'll go to a club and maybe um we'll see another man doing something and our concern is basically well like what can we do but that ta- that type of thinking needs to change i do think it needs to change um and i don't know i don't know what the, i don't know what the solution is um but i think we've we've basically explained the fact that this is disgusting and I hope that T-Zandos has people around her who are able to explain the culture of um, grooming culture and predator predator culture as well. Um, and all the other people that were in um, the DMs because there were quite a few other young girls as well. So There were, there um, were. We'll see what happens. Yeah.
2: I mean, for me personally, like I have stopped playing the music like, so hope yeah well it's not hopefully i'll state that it, <laughs> it's done but um yeah like i just hope people take a similar stance and just realize how serious this is because we need to abolish the shade room the shade borough and what is that other one? uk gossip, gossip tv one. uk gossip tv yes we need to abolish those platforms sorry siri was na- na- annoyed at that point as well so yeah they literally siri said yes i'm co-signing siri said- you
1: Siri said, go make some eggs. <laughs>
2: Literally. Literally sim- <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. No, because we need to abolish those platforms. I unfollowed them a year and a half ago and my life has been better. Not at yeah. peace, obviously, because the TR will still tell me the bullshit. They'll yep. still tell me the bullshit. But um, I, that culture there and the notes situation. <laughs> listen, we're not even going to get into that, but listen, do anything for clout. That is the culture <laughs> we're in right now. Dude, I put that meme and
0: the the Michael Boateng from Love Island one.
2: Listen, man, listen. I will put up that meme. Do anything for clout every single time because that. If is- that's
0: your man, sis. That- oh, shut up, man. That is
2: the moment. <laughs> Fucking clown. That is. <laughs> sorry, that is literally the culture. I'm sorry.
0: that's your man, the receipts don't speak for themselves. But who asked? <laughs> That's not your man. Like she literally. Like like, I'm sorry to sis. I know you're pregnant, but who asked? Yeah. Who was talking to you?
2: (laughs) Reels. Why are you making noise? Reels. Reels. Like this. This week has been so exhausting. Dance buffoon. This week has been so exhausting, and then we've got Boo Boo the Fool One and Boo Boo the Fool Two. Oh, I know just what you're say. annoying themselves from Dubai. Okay, I'm not going to say names, but Boo Boo the Full One and Boo Boo the Full Two. Okay, Olivia
0: Pope mode in, in action. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I know damage control is being done, but listen, flights. I mean, the one positive, Chope, is your client knows how to wear a mask. So I'm, you know, <laughs> you know if you're not going to stay in the house, at least the mask was on and it was on over the nose. So, you know, two stars for you. Two little <laughs> two stars. stars. Everyone, you that's, know, that's the thing. Two stars. Everyone
0: else we saw on the flight we didn't have their mask This on. is what
2: I'm saying. I saw that and I was like, they're fighting and they need the air more. So they're wearing masks. But I'm like, okay, I, I like it. You know, black people following the rules. Well, not following every rule, but, you know, putting their mask on is shit. But this UK has embarrassed me this week. <laughs> Not even on a respectability politics tip, but it has embarrassed me this week.
0: The fact that this week was International Men's Day. Oh
2: shit, it was <laughs> Yeah, we all shop of this
0: it, was against it. the backdrop of international. That Men's day shouldn't
2: Men's even day. be a thing. Okay. The suicide awareness <laughs> shit should be a thing. A 100, 100, yeah, I support that. But this, I was like, what's the point? Because we've just shown ourselves to be trash in the last couple of days. I was like, why? Why? Why is it a thing? But um, yeah, as, as for the Dutch thing, I hope repercautions are had, I hope court cases are had, um, and I hope justice for those several young girls are, hap- happens if crimes were to be committed um, or found to have been committed. I hope that, you know, these girls are dealt with appropriately um, and obviously get the mental stuff that they deserve too. But that is, that's us guys that is us you know um great music this week for the the most part and some bullshit in the news but um yep yeah that,
1: that is a DATS episode unfortunately that,
2: yeah literally so many isms to talk about yeah
1: exactly oh um, happy
2: 10th anniversary to pink friday though like nikki she did the thing that's that's what i'll say yeah i'm intrigued
0: you know what, let's give Nikki our flowers yeah, for Pink Friday. I'm
2: 110% surprised. That was a positive thing for uh, this week And she seems peaceful now Like what she's doing So I'm happy for her You know, 10 years Do your thing Yeah,
0: you know Shout out to Roman's Revenge And Save Me And Blazing Blazing, 100 I'm the 100. best
2: Loved that song um, Moment for life like, I loved that song that was a great video. Yes, as well. your love. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, your lo- this, 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 this is what I'm saying. Your album. love is slept on. Your love is slept on.
0: There were some great songs on Pink yeah. Friday. Some and Nikki can
2: do a melodic cut when she, you know, when she hones it a little bit, she can do a melodic song. So I like it. I like. I liked that album for what it was.
1: Do you know how wild it is though that it's ten years? I know. I I first heard this song, um, your love, when I was on work experience. That's how um, long ago. It was.
2: <laughs> what? It was in one of her mixtapes. I believe it
1: was it was a street,
2: like cut, but before. on the
1: radio, I heard it on the radio the first time when I was on work experience. so free labor <laughs> free like, la- not capitalism in this <laughs> like not capitalism, but yeah, so I think what we're gonna do is we're gonna wrap up the episode now, yeah, because um, yeah, yeah. it's getting dark here now because um, it's winter and that. But yeah, obviously, I think we should put a trigger warning at the beginning of the episode 100. um just to say um, that this episode is quite traumatic. If you do have any, um, if you're maybe triggered by some of the themes of this episode, what we'll do is we'll put some information in the bio, um, for you to check out some links and some ways to find support, um, because it is quite a triggering topic. Um, I wasn't aware of it. I should have actually said before, but it probably will be in the episode by the time it airs. Um, but guys, thank you very much for listening to the episode. Like I said, this is episode 13 of a 14 episode of a 14 um, episode season. Um, so we've got one episode left for the season and for me it's been a great season so far but i'm not going to do the whole thank you yet i'm going to wait till next episode yeah. um but it's been a great episode and thank you for listening we'll catch you next week cool cool peace